back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 124, and it is a combination of films that I'm very, very excited about. First one is Singing in the Rain from 1952, and that is directed by Stanley Dewan and Gene Kelly, and of course, starring the amazing Gene Kelly. Uh, and paired it with a movie called Babylon, uh, which a lot of people never got around to seeing, which, of course, as you guys know, is the theme of this podcast, movies that you never got around to seeing, and now you don't have to because we'll just tell you all about it. Uh, but, yeah, Babylon came out in 2022, was a complete bomb, and uh, somehow just kind of missed, and it's actually an incredible film. It's directed by Damien Chazelle, uh, and starring Margot Robbie Ro- 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 and uh, Brad Pitt, and I just I can't tell you how incredible this film is. It is hard to watch, so um, just fair cautionary a little precaution when you decide to watch it or not. But it is really really good, and I was really amazed by it. Uh, by the way, I want to say uh, hi to my Uber driver who I was driving with. I'm my very horse, as you can tell, because I've been at SIGGRAPH for uh, the last few days, and it has been rough on me. Uh, but uh, I want to say hi to my uh, Uber driver, uh, Landon, who was listening to film podcasts on on our, our drive uh, back to my house. And uh, I told him, hey, check out Martini Giant. So if you get to ch- check this out, thanks, Lauren. Uh, and of course, if people are new to the podcast, I want to make sure that people know where they can find us. We are, of course, available anywhere. But we also do have a YouTube, and that is uh, youtube.com slash at Martini Giant. Uh, and we also, if you go to any of our links on YouTube or this episode, you will see a bunch of links in there, including our Discord. Love to have you on our Discord uh, and our Patreon. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, we'd appreciate that as well. Uh, but uh, another announcement I want to make is that this Saturday uh, we will not be having a podcast recording because I'm going to go on a short vacation, uh, which I definitely need after SIGGRAPH. Uh, so we won't be having a podcast at that point. But for now, please enjoy... Singing in the Rain and Babylon. We can go into it more at another on the show on an on actual show. show. Maybe we, we should do, do a podcast with. We it. do a podcast about that. movies when we do a maybe oh. when we do a podcast about movies. Ah, in Wait fact, uh, I we could. I can't. I cannot tell you how excited I am to talk about this because I've been trying to find. Uh, a way to do singing in the rain mm, for a well, long yeah. time. That's one of my all-time favorites. And when I saw Babylon on the airplane, <laughs> can you imagine seeing this on Lufthansa? <laughs> well, it's Lufthansa. That is a yeah. yeah like watching that with anyone else around is is definitely a wild ride. <laughs> uh, and I saw it as like we got to do this. Uh, right. I'll explain to you about the how that Lufthansa experience was, but. Um, these movies are, you know, here's the thing. No one has seen Babylon. Some people don't even know that movie existed. Most it people disappeared don't. 100% from the public consciousness. Right. It's wild. And it's a wild and amazing movie. Yep. And when I saw this, I'm like, oh, I've always wanted to see this. And then I saw, I was like, why have I not seen this? And then I was like, oh, we got to do it. This is the perfect singing in the rain movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, for, for, for very direct reasons. Yes. Direct reasons. Yeah. I mean, it is singing in the rain. It is yeah. the same. It's movie. identical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's identical. It's very true. It's very true. Which, uh, which I think is wonderful, uh, yeah. and well done. My, my curiosity. Okay. So real quick, Eric, did you, 
I think we're going to start with that Babylon and then explain singing in the rain. But I think both of these movies are movies that people probably never got around to seeing or didn't even know existed. And this is ones we can explain and what we, why we love about it. But tell me about you watching Babylon. What was your take on it? Like, how did you feel about it? Um, I, I really liked it. Um, I did. I love that period of time. I love Hollywood at that period. It's, I thought, um, you know, I, I felt like there was a little bit of a conflict with, I felt like, um, part of it, and this is just the, the, the vision, the, the look of it and the feel of getting into it. Like half of it was really wonderful or three quarters, mm -hmm. but I feel like some of the stuff, I felt like it was a Fincher movie with dance <laughs> sequences by Baz Luhrmann. Right. And right, right, right. once you get inside that and you're at the Ace Hotel where they shot some of that and the dancing and the posing kind of, uh, you know, the hot, it was great. I love the party scenes. I wish I was there, but I just was like, it was Baz Luhrmann and it was very fake. I thought the costumes were a little show, Baz mm -hmm. Luhrmann, which is great, but it conflicted with the, the kind of main, the protagonist kind of journey and her journey. And it kind of took away from that because I know maybe they're saying half of it is real and, and it's, and it's not, but it should all be scary. Like when they go into that dungeon and the guy's eating the, the snakes or whatever. Right. <laughs> the so it, right. the rats, and that was the part I loved because that's the underbelly mm -hmm. and they're still in the underbelly at the house, but it was too glitzy. Interesting. So, yeah, and I felt like, oh, that was a lost opportunity. It wasn't, it was too perfect and, uh, it was almost like somebody told you a story and they told somebody else a story about what that party was like. So there was a lot of gap filling, whereas the rest of it seemed real. And I love the, the flea and all those characters, but mm -hmm. I just felt like I didn't get to grip the characters enough. I love Brad Pitt. I wish there was more of. I thought the ending for Brad Pitt was great. Is Brad Pitt but, your favorite actor? He's my, he's now with this. I'm a that he is my favorite actor. I really I'm up like, there with saying but, that he is yeah. one of my favorite actors yeah. of all time. It's just yeah, this may, I'm this a, may I'm push a, him over the top. Still am it, yeah. Robert Downey. It's since the '80s. I, I think he's just and great. with. Um, have you seen Oppenheimer? We talked Oppenheimer. No, he's with, there. Okay. I know. I'm I, to see it's it. so nice to see him um, do something rich again i don't know i think amazing. ryan gosling is up there as well as uh oh he's great the, oh he's ter terrific and and yeah. who's the i keep name blanking uh, the guy from moon oh sam rockwell sam oh, rockwell he's, certainly yeah. one of the he's, great character actors of all he's time. one of the great character actors of all yeah. time yeah. in but terms of like I, i'm not trying movie to stars, gloss over and be s and yeah. stupid about it i just i felt like there was some missed opportunities i guess for the film but i liked it a lot and i love those type of films i just was like mm, it's too bad and I felt um, maybe Margot Robbie wasn't the best for it. Interesting. Mm. What was right? your take, Daniel? Um, I my feelings on this movie have not yet settled. I finished it only very shortly ago. Mm -hmm. um, it is. I. I. Hmm, how can I say this? I think I'm going to end up loving it. Um, it's a good film. It is. It is one of the most unpleasant films I've seen from a popular director in my entire life. Like it's no, so, ra it's so unpleasant. radically unpleasant all the time and more and more. So as the movie goes on, I was like, 
how did he fucking get this made? This is wild. Like, Brad Pitt. <laughs> like get it made from. Brad I think Pitt. you're right. And Brad Pitt is. I've always said like Brad Pitt is one of the great, not only one of the great movie stars, but he's one of the great producers of all time. Oh yes, yes. And Section Eight or whatever. I believe yeah. he produced this. I, if he's involved, he's in. He's producing. Um, right. but um, he, like his character is very much his, like what he says as his character in this movie is very much what he believes. Like this stuff is art. Like we should engage it as art. Like movie may Hollywood movie making. Oh, is there's art. so many, there's so many golden statements that are being yeah. made. In yeah. This yeah. 100%. And so like, this is a, this like there's from the opening sequence, there's stuff in the, I like here's okay. So to sum it up, I don't know who I can recommend this movie to because I, I absolutely understand why it not only bombed, but people basically erased it because it is graphically, graphically unpleasant with horrible, cruel, terrible, unlikable characters constantly. And it only gets I didn't worse. think it was that graphic. I didn't think for, so. For, for a Hollywood film, for a big yeah, Hollywood film. I thought the film. sex scenes were a little contrived, you know? It's fine. It's fine. But like, I the, just, the, that's the where I, it, you know, I, I wish there was more the, greediness to the sex scenes. The, the overwhelming tone of the movie is Sorry. intentionally at odds with itself, right? I think that this, if this movie was made in the 90s, it would have been a huge hit. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And I think that the movie is sort of weird. Huge hit. <laughs> I think that it's weird. And I'm, none of this I'm saying, all the stuff Actually, I'm saying. If this was made in the 70s. Oh, it without would be, that. Yeah. It, well, you know, this, is like, like, this is closer to the movies I would put this in the neighborhood of are, are like you the brought. The would have made this. <laughs> that you brought the, the Day of the Locust before, right? Yes. Also, what, what's the movie with Raquel Welch, the one that everyone hates? Where it's real, it's super sex oriented. Oh. Uh, you know the one I'm talking about. Yes, uh, um, Mrs. Um, yeah, yeah, you you got it. I can't think of the name, but that's the one. Um, um, yeah, Bridge My. Um, yeah, uh, Myra Breckenridge. Right? Myra Breckenridge. Um, I put it up there with that. I put it up there with recently a movie that I absolutely loved and nobody has seen called uh, Under the Silver Lake. Ooh, I got to see that. It's fucking incredible. That's a great. What's that movie. about? That's it's about Hollywood. It's about Los Don't Angeles. Like. And it's about, um, it's a, it's a neo-noir. It's a surreal neo-noir with Andrew Garfield. Uh, and it's, it's a little David Lynchy. It's a, it's like David Lynch doing the big sleep and it's extremely, extremely good. It's wild, wild, wild movie. Um, and beautiful and brilliant, but under, nobody, nobody under the silver lake. And they but I saw it. the trailers to Babylon and it didn't make any sense. Well, it's when I'm looking at it now, I'm like, it was pretty honest about like how, like, this is, if you like movies about lots of fucking jerks doing shitloads of cocaine and screaming at each other, this is a, the movie for you. Like, that's what the movie is. Yeah. It's a little, <laughs> little Goodfellas. It's like, it's and like Goodfellas, casino. <laughs> Goodfellas feel, feels like, uh, 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 steel magnolias compared to the, to the flavor of this movie to me. Like, Goodfellas is fun. This is, this is, uh, at, at times, especially in the, in the first third is so exhilarating fun that it blew my mind. Like I just cried from how exhilarating it was when they're just shooting like 20 movies at once in that one sequence. Right. Yeah. It's well, so flawlessly done. It's in insane. And it was incredibly moving. And that happened multiple which times. Which they do in Singing in the Rain too. Which they also do in Singing in the Rain. It's a, it's a scene is direct. Oh, they're scene to scene comparisons all over the place in this movie. Right. Um, but the, the point of the movie is the most Damien Chazelle, the director, uh, the most Damien Chazelle point he could have made, right? Because it is identical to all of his other movies. He talks about the same thing. Um, and I love it. Like Whiplash, La La Land, uh, First Man, all this stuff. 
it is about the uh the horror of what the and incredible difficulty of what you do versus your incredible love for it right and uh there is the the movie and this doesn't give it anything away but it's like you see basically a cross section of the worst of hollywood for three straight hours almost exclusively through two lenses like through margot robbie's lens and through uh diego i can't remember his name's lens uh, new actor who I like very he's much. He's like a Javier Bardem as a yeah, young he's man. Terrific. The guy's he is great. really good in this film. Yes, terrific. Man, is he a great actor? And I like that he was, was a ma- massive discovery for this movie. I loved him. I thought he was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, and, who is this guy? Yeah, he's, he's so absolutely, good. Absolutely terrific. And I yeah. really, he really kept me t- t- in the movie the whole time. That's the thing. And the yes. and the and the sum well, of he the, is the glue of the movie. Isn't he's he the glue the, of the movie. He's the glue of the story. He's the glue of the story. But I feel like certain things were. It was certain things took you out of that because mm-hmm. super certain things weren't as as tight as I thought. You know, just some of the stuff I just like I said, the, like the party stuff. It just became it's almost like a spectacle. Yeah, that's, and I think I that's what. Feel yes, like it took right. away from his journey, and I was like, God, I mean, I, right, the parties I, aren't I like, hey, do do, and they're dancing naked and no. scrap it. It's like, no, it's not. You know, they're doing blow and screwing, and well, this is it's like a the, little the, grittier. It's a little grittier. A, like the, the the movie, I think, is doing its very best to try to push you away the entire time, um, because the if you're to take two things from the movie, it's the movie is about this versus this. It is about paying a a giant monster of a person to eat live rats in a cellar with fake money is it worth doing that to end up with singing in the rain and the answer that the movie is providing is absolutely <laughs> it's singing in the rain it's the best movie ever made like that's basically what the movie is saying right you know is it worth all of this all of this horribleness is it worth it to end up with movies and uh and Chazelle definitely feels it is, but he doesn't back away from making it as fucking like these characters, they don't just make mistakes, like they make the same mistake fifty fucking times and it only gets worse and worse for them. Like that's right over and over and over and over it and is, over again. You know you know it feels you guys keep mentioning different directors. You know, to me, I think this feels Polanski. It's yeah, it's way closer to Polanski. Yeah, I agree. It's a very you know, Polanski. because yeah, Polanski had Polanski this feeling was, about. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I, I just you saw Polanski. There's a he gets undertone and under the bellies, and and you get afraid of certain things and scenes. And there's a there's a thickness like a fog. You know what I'm saying? And I felt like that. I'm sorry if I'm sounding stupid. That fog is gone in some scenes. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have that issue. It would be a continuous kind of like stream through that at the yes. end, you'd be like, oh, at right. the end, my thing is I'm following our protagonist. And then it goes to these scenes, which stylistically, I feel didn't match the rest mm-hmm. of the film. And then, OK, I'm back in and then yeah. I'm in and I love. Oh, wait, no, it's just it's a little contrived. It's very it, jagged. It's very yeah, uh, right. But yeah. Polanski would have the whole thing, and by right. the end of it, you're shot out of the tunnel. Like holy Christ! And it well, takes sort of days to think about there. it because, like, I feel like the like Polanski. I mean, the Polanski vibe is uh, like, and you guys have not seen the Ghostwriter. Like, the Ghostwriter is actually a great reference for this because Ghostwriter is such. I worked a, on Ghostwriter. So did Chris. Did you do did. the titles? The titles for Ghostwriter. Ghostwriter, right? Ghostwriter. 
No. <laughs> Not Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Okay. Nick Cage. And... Yes. Yeah. Not yeah. that one. <laughs> but but Polanski is Peter Ghost Fonda. R- the Ghost Rider. Can you imagine Rider. Peter Fonda was in Ghost Rider? Uh, oh sorry. my God. Yeah, I'm gonna... yeah, well, it's called Paycheck. <laughs> There's, if you, if anyone wants to see, uh, like I I love this movie, The Ghost Rider. Right, The Ghost Rider with uh, Ewan McGregor by Roman Polanski. And there's almost nothing to the movie at all in terms of plot. It's so like vaporous, but it's right, all right. it's all mood, all mood. And if you want to know what the Polanski mood is, that I think movie I've is like the that. purest it's... form of that. It's not his best movie, but it's the most like if you were to separate out like the chemical that is Polanski, that movie is perfect for this. And if you were to add that flavor to this gigantic mess of a meal. Then I agree with you, Eric. Like that would make it almost flawless. <laughs> yes, I, I I think that there's a lot going on in mm-hmm. this film that's a little bit uh, special to me. I think that there's sure. there's yeah. so there's so many characters. <laughs> there are oh, yeah. a lot yeah. of there are a lot of characters, and they they all have are strongly opinionated, right? Like mm-hmm. the 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 Chinese lesbian woman is amazing. May the, Wong. The, That's based her, on a real person. On, based on May Wong. Yeah. There's right. also a, a story based on uh, Fatty Arbuckle in this. There's the yeah. story. The, yeah. the father who's just kind of, you know, terrible mm-hmm. and the, every one of those characters are. Yeah. Like there's, there. and there's just as a, in terms of filmmaking itself in any individual scene, Damien Chazelle is master of the camera. Like now I agree that the scenes added up together can get kind of jumpy and jagged all over the place. It's, I think that might be a lot. That, it's a lot. And I think it's kind of on purpose, but in terms of you just pick any scene in the movie, it's so well photographed and edited. It's amazing how skilled this guy is. Right. Like he's just an incredible talent. I like uh, this movie more than, uh, than La La Land. I'm just going to say it. I, I, I hear, I hear you 100%. <laughs> it's a, like, to me, it's kind of the same movie as La La Land. It's just it a is really, the same movie, it's, but this it's is a, a very harsh version. version. <laughs> this is the movie I wanted to see with La La Land. Sure, and I, sure. and yeah, was, La La Land is the very happy version of this. Yeah. And this is the movie. This is the very angry version of this. Yeah. But there, uh, but I totally agree. It's, 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 it is the same kind of statement, only it is the maximalist most abrasive and intense and virtual virtuosic is the word, I guess uh version of that. Like it is. So he's just like, I can do anything with this camera. I can do anything with these actors. We can make this work. And right. the energy behind that is phenomenal, especially man, that opening for that opening act. The first act of this movie is so energizing and fun. It's mm-hmm. out, out of this world out of this world if you if anyone sees this movie like i recommend it for the first third you may or may not like the second two acts but you will love the first act i think the other two acts are just as good but they are le- much much less pleasant know, the first the first one is on his, fire what's though. his name the yeah the, the the underground stuff was kind of like oh it's insane it's awesome. yeah like so let's give, a, let's give an overview of what the story let's is. get it over you because obviously i you know we probably represent about 50% of the entire audience have seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, Oh, and then the other guy, that other guy that your YouTube Toby guy McGuire? who you like to listen to keeps praising this movie. saying you really should see Babylon. You really see Babylon. No, uh, I'd well, watch it again. I liked it. I just, I was a little, you know, I, I, I think all of your points are valid, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I'm, 
It maybe, has a lot to do with whether these things are on purpose. I think that's the I'm that's ready kind of to love movies again. So that's yeah. the thing I think that's different yeah. for me, right? Like I went, I just, you know, like I said, we just came back from seeing uh, Barbie and I saw the trailer to some other fucking ridiculous Blue Beetle Oh, that looks terrible. Bullshit. Oh, and then, God, and then Gran Turismo film bullshit. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah. I'm done, you know? What's, and what's Blue, Blue Beetle is a superhero movie. It's another superhero. It looks oh, absolutely terrible. It looks, it looks worse than any superhero movie yet. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was makes like Ant-Man looked like Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh, it looked terrible. Yeah. And the, tra- did you get the trolls ad as well? That went on yes. for six hours. That looks like, like it was written by an AI. That's unbelievable, man. That's fucking yeah. brutal. 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 Terrible, terrible. But so to me, it was exciting about it, right? So I'm ready to be excited about Barbie. I was excited about Babylon. And then it just made me, uh, Babylon was exciting to me because it made me want to watch Singing in the Rain again. So, you know, that was, that was good. And I, and I will, this is a purely positive statement about Barbie. See Barbie in a theater because it looks great. The production design is incredible. That's a big movie to see. Be it, see mm-hmm. it because it's, it's, that's a, you see it on a big screen. You'll love it. Yes. This is great. Visuals are great. And sharing that experience with my uh, teenage daughter was probably awesome. oh, She it. was so absolutely. excited about it. Right. Yep. So yep. Absolutely. that's why I would definitely go. Yep. 100%. But, uh, but, and for the, the counter to that is I also saw Oppenheimer. I didn't see it in 70 millimeter. Um, but you and I are going to see it in 70 millimeter. But we'll see week, this. Right? Yeah. This week. Yeah. Okay. And oh, like, I'm jealous that, now. <laughs> that movie is overwhelming. <laughs> like that is definitely a that's a movie movie that's a, all right that's a movie movie so this is uh, another movie movie so this is a movie movie and it starts off with a very cool sort of feeling to it where you got that hot valley it's supposed to be in the valley right it's supposed to be in yeah right no it and, says bel-air which is where that's, that's not like, bel-air yeah, that's is it like, bel-air like next yeah. to beverly hills bel-air yeah before it was overbuilt yeah yeah. Wow. Because it yeah, looks like right. it's in the middle of the desert. Because <laughs> it, it looks like Bakersfield. <laughs> yeah, There's a like book Bakersfield. I have here by Tashin on Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's such a great book. And it shows like, you know, in, in the 20s. I'll share some stuff. So, it's crazy. So Bel Air looked like that in the 1920s. It's. I thought it said Bel Air. Let it me did check say again. Bel Air, but I thought yeah, there's another I'm, I'm town sure. called Bel Air. It certainly like it. It it certainly feels uh, appropriate to the movie, even if it's not accurate. Right. There you go. Like, well, let's it just put it this exactly way. It's right. technically Bel Air. Bel Air now is in the middle of Los Angeles, but in this movie, it looked like it's kind of in the desert. <laughs> right. It, it, it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Bel Air. Yeah, dude. That's so crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I'll paste it for everybody. Oh, I can't do that. So anyway, I'll figure but, it away. Anyway. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. And, um, yeah, just go through this. I'm going to send a link to everybody. Or just put it in the Twitch so people can, who are watching. I'm doing that. If you have to scroll down, this is the water and power website, but they show Westwood. Holy moly. I knew Westwood was a ramp, uh, a a A ranch. ranch. Yep. So it's on there. Literally 1922 aerial of Westwood. Crazy. Everybody go through this. That's literally 1924, 1920. Holy moly. There's Bel Air. 
Bel Air is almost halfway down. It says Bel Air. Look for it, guys. Yes. Yeah, and it's 1922 aerial view northeast showing undeveloped. So halfway down on this web, uh, three quarters away, a, a quarter way down. If anybody can see okay, it. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Hang on. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty desolate. Do you see that? Yeah, I see it. Right? It's oh, yeah, the aerial... it's, it's yeah, pretty, yeah, it's that's totally it's exactly what that out, looked yeah. like. Yeah, so that's crazy. Nice job, as, Damien as, Chazelle. As, as, uh, as, uh, uh, Go through uh, the site. This is amazing. That's wild. Nice. Look no, at Bel Air. That's a great little bit. I didn't as, know uh, As, as uh, uh, Eric was saying, or, or Daniel was saying, it's like this feels like Bakersfield when we first see it, but it's mm-hmm. just a dirt road. And basically it starts off with a guy in a big truck, big guy in a big truck, and he says he's there to pick up a horse and he goes, you mean an elephant? I was like, you mean a really big horse? It's like, no, there's an elephant. We have to take this elephant up, right? So they're taking an elephant up to this hill to his mansion <laughs> yep. on this truck. And the truck can barely get up the hill and they're trying to get it up there. Uh, and it's kind of this insane scene of like, what the hell is going on? Uh, and it turns out they're preparing for this at this mansion for a giant party that seems to happen every night. I can't get this. Place. Well, there's there's two scenes in the movie. There is working and partying. That's and it. That's it. <laughs> like that's it. There isn't any other scene. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. There's a couple of scenes at people's homes, maybe, but they're or running the, away or running away. <laughs> exactly. But it's mainly the actions that take. Yeah, it's either you're making a movie or you're in a party. Yep. Yep, that's it. But the party uh that uh gets started here is crazy. Right? So on as I said, the first time I saw this was on a Lufthansa flight. Lufthansa solved this by blurring a lot of the nudity on what? here. Oh yeah. God the half the screen must be blurred yes, at some of the points. Which was yeah. kind of a a strange experience to see that. But uh, there's a lot <laughs> of nudity. It's mm-hmm. just yep. fair warning. Yeah, it's it's radical. It's, it's a, a radical, radical crazy party from the 20s where there's a lot of drugs and then people just doing a lot of drinking. Great music. That's another thing, too. We yep. should note that the music was 100%. amazing. Yep. yep. Um, it's beautiful. And, 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 and I would say that there's a... There's a really interesting prescient aspect to this movie um, because it is about how morals, like social morals, change uh, on you know the turn of a dime. Right. And uh, it changes how the business has to operate. And as since the movie came out, or actually right almost as the movie came out, is when we have taken a very sharp moral shift uh towards i wouldn't say prudery but like far like there's a lot of talk about why should there be sex scenes in movies and stuff like this really oh yeah it's you go on go on the old oh my film God, twitter it's the worst yeah. it's pretty and this is not being made by little old ladies this is made by you know people under under 30 under you know in their 20s yeah. um and uh it's it's a constant argument uh, going on in film Twitter. And of course it's film Twitter. It doesn't mean anything. It's garbage. But, uh, the, uh, but it's interesting that this movie, um, which is, shows a, a, a lot of stuff was instantly dismissed and buried. 
<laughs> it's just like, oh, fuck it, punk, gone. Never talk about it again. And they will never mention this movie ever again. As long as people are in the very post-code flavor that they're in right now, they do not want to see a movie like this. This, this is, is embarrassing. True. They want to preach about their their morality. Yes. <laughs> Everyone yes. wants to preach about morality. Yes. Everyone Agreed. wants to preach well, about their has version a, of a morality. Everybody has a platform to yes. talk. Everyone's got an opinion right now. Yeah, Everyone's got it's a just, strong moral opinion. No matter if they think it's right or not, they're just yep. talking, talking, talking. Yep. yep. And I will, I will say that that's true about myself, too. It's a reactionary stance we're all in right now. So that, that's the... This is the danger of it, and this movie really lays that bare. It's because it's part of the plot of the movie is Margot Robbie's career changes when people are like initially people are like, Oh, she's set us free. Like this is wonderful. And then they're like, Oh, she's a sinner, and they close her down. <laughs> right. Like, yep, same person. <laughs> All right. So let's introduce so so as this craziness happens in this party, we're introduced to some very key important characters in mm -hmm. this thing, right? Um, the first one obviously is, uh, uh, the Spanish guy. What's his name again? I'm going to look him up. I love him. He's, he was uh, so good. He, yeah. Well, I looked him up while I was, while uh, and looked it up while I was watching it. He, he looks like a young from, Javier Bardem. Yeah. He is cur currently or was currently on, uh, Narcos Mexico on Netflix. Okay. Uh, so let's see. Bam, bam, long 2022 movie. Bet you yeah. he's getting 25 cent residual checks too. He is uh, uh, Diego Calva, and he is uh, he is known from um, he is now also in Bird Box Barcelona or Bird Box Barcelona uh, right now. And, uh, nice. Uh, yeah, he looks like the Nicias. Javier Bardem. That is a young Javier Bardem. I watched it. And I was like, Fuck, Jesus, he is handsome. This is, yeah, he's wow. a good looking dude. I was like, wow. man, this guy is a young Bardem, and he has that same kind of gait. There's the way he just kind of looks, trying yeah. to understand and comprehend something, and he's got yeah, just he, such a great. I agree, man. He, okay, so we should say who he is a little bit before. It's like he is helping out at a party, doing odd jobs, helping you know whatever the the, the host wants for the guests, like picking up an elephant, getting more drinks, buying more drugs, whatever it takes, right? He's yeah, definitely a low man on the totem pole kind of guy, right? Mm -hmm. So there's no confidence in him that much. It's more like, I'm here Just to get help. get it done. Right? Yeah. Um, so that's his character. The next character, we're, another character we're introducing is Margot Robbie, who shows up at the party uninvited, <laughs> is clearly a nobody, but wants to be somebody, and she's going in there full confidence, yeah, she crashes a car. She crashes, and then, she crashes a car and arrives at the party dressed to the nines. Yeah, saying like, she's somebody else. And she pretends just to like, be someone else. Like, I'm getting into this party. And I thought she was like way, a female. The cocaine? <laughs> she was like a young female version of Brad Pitt. Sure. There was something about her that I would just she's remind got that energy. Sure, absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. And absolutely. so she has all of this amazing, you know, quality. And the first person she's introduced is to uh diego right mm -hmm. to the and so he is enamored by her immediately mm -hmm. uh and she's she wants she, she and i think his name is manny right his name is manny right uh in the in the yep. in the film so she wants to Manuel, talk. yeah right. no, I'm looking at it right yeah but yep. they, everyone calls manny. him manny at the end so they wants to talk to him the next person we're introduced to which was hilarious is you introduced from from behind mm -hmm. right in the car cars driving 
Did we lose Dan? No, he's still here. Still here? I can't hear Eric. There, I got him back. He's back. I'm here. I don't know what happened there. Uh, So he, (laughs) back in a car, you see a guy speaking Italian to this woman. The woman is like, stop speaking Italian. You're not Italian. And he's like, just speaking Italian to her. And she's like, okay. It's like, if you speak to me Italian one more time, I'm I'm getting a divorce. And he's (laughs) like, Okay. And then goes, blah, 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 yeah, yeah. And, and she's like, fuck <laughs> she you. And she leaves the car. Yeah. It was really yeah. funny. It's great. That's really great. And he realized that this is Brad Pitt, right? Right. And uh, it is, uh, what's what's her name? From Tron. Um, director. Um, uh, oh, oh. Can't think of her name. Uh, uh, um, Riley Keough? No. No. Uh, so, God, what's, her? yeah, she was the woman in Tron. Tron Uprising, yeah, she's and she directed a uh, 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 a very very good movie that nobody saw called Booksmart, which I thought was hilarious. Um, Olivia Olivia Wilde, Wild. not and Tron. In, that's not Tron. She's in Tron too. Yes, yeah. you're right. You're right. Yeah. Tron, and right. um, and she's <laughs> like she's basically playing an Angelina Jolie analog in this, and so like it's Brad Pitt married to a someone who is very much like. Angelina Jolie. Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Jolie. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, screaming, I want a divorce. They're both actors that they both are in movies together. Right. Yeah. It's very funny. Very, very And he funny. just pissed her off enough that he's like, fuck it. Right. I'll move on to the next one. Right. Um, so, uh, so then he goes into the party. Brad Pitt goes into the party. We realize it's obviously Brad Pitt. We all recognize. We all recognize him as Brad Pitt. So we're excited about it. But mm-hmm. then when he walks into the party, everyone is excited about it because it's Brad Pitt. Or the name of the other actor, right? right. Is he, he like is a Douglas a fa- Fairbanks kind of guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, exactly. he's supposed right. to be a—he's a proxy for himself in this movie. <laughs> I know, but there was a, a, a Fairbanks quality to him, not Junior, yeah. or maybe Junior. Well, like they do a nice job of like having people. Or Robert like, Redford, not Robert. Who am I no, thinking of? Like, uh, who, in that uh, time, um, it was it was Fairbanks, and mm-hmm. he was like the swashbuckler, loved kind of. There was a look yeah, in the twenties. You're right, yeah, but I'm right. what I'm thinking of. Uh, 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 um, what's his name? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn guy. Oh yeah, Gable. Um, Gable. Clark, Clark Gable. Gable. Sure, right. Like he's got aspects of both, right? He's got aspects of both. Sure. Uh, and so, like the, the movie's good at having these, like, like not direct representations of classic stars, but sort but they of do like talk about Gable. They do specifically talk about Gable. They specifically bring up some stars, but everyone who comes up is both fictional but you're like oh she's like you know like this type and this type and like the fatty fatty arbuckle type and like all this kind of stuff and you're just like like it shows how much that chazelle really knows about the period because he can vamp on it without Mm -hmm. getting in his own way you know uh and and he creates a a very coherent world out of it which uh, is rarely done uh at at this sort of level right it's really really good so um, th- this is a three-hour movie, and there's a lot that goes on, so I'm going to sort of skip through it. But you're basically introduced to these three characters, right? She's she's a wannabe actress. He is, you know, uh, a, a gopher, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and then Brad Pitt is uh, uh, Brad Pitt. Meaty right? man, yeah, star. And so he – and and he's, he's very – you also realize he's very affable and charming. Charming, yes. charming, charming. Not an asshole at all. Right. And, like, and he and he wants even in the opening scene when he talks to the the uh, waitstaff there, uh, right? Like he wants to be in touch with everyone, real feeling and actual right 
Like he, he is searching for something authentic, uh, artistically authentic and an authentic vibe from people all the time. Right. And so like, he's sort of hovering through the party because he knows it's all nonsense, but he's hoping to find something deeper in there. Yeah. Really great. And I love Pitt in this movie. I thought Pitt was like, he was using his charms at maximum. The, that was the the specific scene you're talking about is that he's sitting down to have, uh, you know, at a, at a table and while he's sitting down there, everyone is accosting. Oh my God, I love you. I got a tattoo of you on my back. Like this woman literally got a tattoo mm-hmm. of him on his back. And he's like, Oh, that's nice. And whatever. And then he yep. sits down and then this waitress comes up to him, asks him what he wants, but leans over and shoves her cleavage in his face. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And she's, and he tells her, like, you didn't need to do that to get my attention. You already had it or something like that. Like yeah, some exactly way that. of, mm-hmm. And it was kind of a weird, like, nice thing to say, but also strange thing to say. Uh, there's other random characters you meet here. The, the big fat guy who overdoses the girl while he's mm. having sex with her, which it, seems to me almost exactly like the scene from Boogie Nights. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of Boogie Nights flavor to this movie. I was yes. going to bring this up. Yeah. There's a Boogie Nightsness to it, for sure. And I think he's directly referencing Boogie Nights mm. and some of this stuff. The big things that we know, it's one famous actor, obviously, a little bit lonely, gets lots of attention. Like... Mm-hmm. Gets lots of attention and is lonely at the same time. Kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Margot Robbie hangs out with Diego quite a bit. They both talk about how much they want to work on a movie set. Like they want to be on a movie set. That's what would get them really, really excited. Right. And, uh, and so that's what happens. So what happens coincidentally is the girl overdosed cocaine, as we mentioned. So they, uh, escort her, like try to sneak her out of the, of the party. And they say, we need, she was supposed to be on set at eight o'clock tomorrow for the movie. Crap. Uh, her, we'll just get her. <laughs> they point to Marco. He's like, be on set in three hours. And she's like, yay, I get to be on set. Right. So that's her break. It's just, <laughs> she happened to be at the right place at the right yay. time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but uh, so much of that is what really happened. There's a, one of my favorite film books is um, Who the Hollywood Devil Pepper? Made It, which I have oh, right yeah. here. And you read those early stories of the 20s. I mean... Oh, it's insane. It's that's, insane. That's, that's how it happened, right? It yeah. was people... It's, crazy. Yeah. it's totally crazy. But also, even for directors, mm-hmm. like, it, this is the book. I don't think it's available anymore. Bogdanovich. Highly recommend I think it's... And here, yeah. I think it's the greatest film book ever made. And it's called oh, Who yeah. the Devil Made It. Yeah. And... It is astonishing, and it's all the directors that Aldrich, Cooker, uh, Dwan, Hawks, Siegel, Lumet, Hitchcock, Chuck Jones even. There are times in the 20s when they started where, I'm telling a quick story, They would, a guy would walk into a bar and be like, hey, I'd love to work with you. This is a director. It's like, you know what? I actually am slated to direct two pictures starting Monday. If I give you the script, will you drive out to the desert and shoot for me? I'll just tell the studio you can do it. They're like, okay. And he goes on Monday and he shoots. He directs a film. He reads the script on a Saturday night. But that actually happens now. (laughs) Still. (laughs) Some of my favorite. um... Yeah, fuck it. Here you go. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, in the visual effects industry, it happened. Like people like, I know a guy. (laughs) No, no, no. No. I'm saying this is directing a film. 
I know. The guy gives him the script there. He's just calls his buddy at the studio and shows says, up on Monday and does it. He shoots the film. And there was a story of where the studio brought this guy from Yale, a writer, and he was going to write the script. And so the guy's like, I need time to write the script. And then the studio's like, we need to make it right now. So they go out, they shoot it, and it was actually John Ford. And they shoot it in a week or two weeks. And they come back, and then the (laughs) Yale writer brings the script to him, leather-bound. He's like, oh, great. And he just puts it in his drawer. Yeah, done. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> it's it, this, I highly recommend this book, and I yeah. think there's reprints. It's the stories are wild, and yeah. if you had the, this kind of world where everyone just comes out to reinvent themselves, I, it totally makes sense. Yeah, no, it's it's really something, and uh, I think that it's it's pulling. I, I bet it's pulling. I bet Chazelle is. I mean, I'm sure Chazelle has read um, um, that book right there. Um, and Bogdanovich has to, yeah, has yeah. to have, right. And I'm sure he's also pulling, pulling a little bit from, um, Hollywood Babylon. Oh which yeah. Is, yeah. And the director just thought the guy creator just died. Yeah. The creator just died, which is like a pseudo fictional stuff, but it's like the, the intensity of the stuff is just the same. It's really, all right. really, really, really. All right. All right. <laughs> I went, so, uh, the thing also happens is basically Brad Pitt tells, um, the, uh, 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 Manny, <laughs> Or Manuel, he's like, yeah, come on set tomorrow. Because he drives him home, right? He drives mm-hmm. him home to because he's too drunk to drive. And he's like, come on set tomorrow. He's like, oh, my God, I get to be on set. So he get to help out on set. Now, the cool thing is this is exactly almost, like you said, another mirror scene of singing in rain. Mm-hmm. But it's also clearly like what Eric was saying. It's like they're shooting 20 movies at once. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. And they're all silent movies, which is an important part of this. Mm-hmm. So they're just whatever have a small stage just start shooting 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 right. and the studio is just an outdoor dirt lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it looks like of- a it looks like a fucking uh smash up derby running around a, a like a bunch of community plays like it's just craziness right like guys on horses right around stabbing each other <laughs> like they're filming Whatever's this giant action scene yeah who knows yeah. just bananas in the center of it, they have like six stages and twelve things being shot, and everyone's like, like, a, like, a, a, and there's an identical around. scene in Singing in the Rain as well, exactly, which yeah. has also some pretty racist blackface that stuff. The, the classic, yes, the jungle uh, bit, yeah, yeah right. and you and know, which it's... they did, they did, did something about this in the movie as well, which was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's some brilliant stuff in this movie. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, they, I think that like the it's like uh, yeah, like this movie is a it's almost fair to say that this is a, this is, it's beyond just referencing Singing in the Rain. This is like making a fictional prequel to Singing in the Rain. Like yeah. it's like, it's essentially saying, imagine if everything that was in Singing in the Rain actually happened and they made Singing in the Rain because of it. Which like, is what they show. Which is literally, <laughs> like they, they don't, they don't literally I, well, say that that's like, true, well, but they almost literally say that that's what true. What they're saying is, how do you think they came up with the story of singing exactly. in the rain? This oh, probably shit because of this stuff, <laughs> exactly. right? But so like, yeah, I mean, like, they're so not trying to lie that they are saying that this shit happened for sure. Like your favorite sweetest movie in the world, this is the fucking crazy kind of this bullshit. This is the, that the real this. story behind it, and then all the all the sweet kind of jokey stuff in singing in the rain, <laughs> sunset in Camden, yeah, all that shit. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah, all the cocaine behind it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, oh yeah, what's the song from uh, Singing in the Rain with... Uh, um good morning good, good morning, morning. Right. <laughs> like like all you have to do is have one shot of something going like this and then <laughs> good morning good morning <laughs> like that's basically what the movie's doing yeah so, yeah like i yeah like it's a uh yeah so like they they're showing all this crazy stuff happening and diego uh is, uh, um, uh rather matt uh, diego is the actor um manny uh Can is swiftly given the job uh <laughs> <laughs> like Manny is swiftly given the job to deal with a bunch of striking extras. Yeah. Like, and, and, uh, and Brad oh, yeah, Pitt's yeah. like, he's great at this. No, no, right. no, Manny will take care of it. Don't worry about it. Manny and, just well, tell these guys Watch that, out. These guys are kind of dangerous. They all live on Skid Row. <laughs> no, a bunch of homeless guys from Skid Row. The bunch of mad knives. Good luck. <laughs> and he turns around and just like, okay, so you guys are, you know, you're being paid for fair days. And the crowd flips out. They start chasing him down, gonna murder him. And Brad Pitt's like, he's got it under control, it's fine. Man, he's great at this. Look, he's great. He's great. He's great. And he's like, gets on a horse and starts shooting, you yeah. know, like he's rounding Get up cattle. Get back to work, you assholes! <laughs> That's right. It's hysterical. And all this is happening in the background while they're also trying to shoot Brad Pitt in a movie. In a movie. This sequence... It was my per, this is this is phenomenal. This phenomenal. is this whole and there's such craziness yeah. going on. And so the Margot Margot Robbie's there's a, these three stories going on, which is fabulous. Yes. So Margot Robbie shows up, and she's supposed to be in some Western uh, Damon distress bar fight situation, right? Mm-hmm. Directed by a woman, which is mm-hmm. also interesting here, right? Incidentally, that is Damien Chazelle's wife playing that role. Oh, wow. And, yep. And I think she is fucking hysterical in she this role. She is really funny in this movie. She <laughs> is so funny. She, her timing just, is flawless. What happened to her? You're supposed to give me the tits. <laughs> yeah. What happened to the tits? What happened oh to the tits? No tits. no tits. No tits. <laughs> no tits. So fucking <laughs> the funny. The way they say that. No tits. no tits. No tits. No tits. Yes. They start yelling. It's like it's like they ordered it up like a Big yeah. Mac. You know? <laughs> it's so, so good. <laughs> no pickles on the, on the, on the, on that burger, please. And, and like, as it also comes up later there as sort of a, a gag, like the, when they're shooting, when she's shooting Margot Robbie in the sequence, like, uh, and she gets into a kind of a conflict, uh, or starts a conflict with the, um, main actress who is the star of the movie. Right. Right. Like the director, the main actress is just like, don't you have any notes for me? And there's a shot. And I don't know if I can simulate this online here, but there's a shot. The director is like walking off the set really fast. And she like goes what and turns and hits her mark so cleanly i thought it was an edit i was like whoa like it it was just like i've never it's one of these moments where i'm just like how did she hit that edge of the frame so cleanly if she as if she weren't moving 20 miles an hour and then just stopped perfectly and then they make a fucking scene out of trying to do exactly that later yes, on they do they <laughs> do like, yeah <laughs> that's hysterical that is hysterical brilliant but, stuff uh, but the so so basically she's supposed to be the secondary character and because it's margot robbie and her character is wild mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. she goes on the sexiness to the next level mm-hmm. where all the other actors on set are going like, 
crazy town, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like, like she's like doing all this incredibly sexy stuff to all, and all the other actors are like just going with it. Right. And the director is just like, and, and the director loves this. She's capturing all of this. Yeah, stuff. she's like, and this is like, we can see your erection. He's like, see- just tuck it in, <laughs> tuck so it in. And so she keeps on asking Robbie to redo the scene, redo the scene, redo the scene, just with little extra tighter, better oh, no, bits well, of she's, stuff. Well, we should put it like she realizes that she has way more potential with this that she's not tapping into. So yes. she keeps exploring that potential. Yes, it keeps digging, digging, digging. digging the director's digging, super digging. excited to be working with her, even though like, 10 minutes ago she was pissed that she had a handler. Right, right, right. right. And then so now it's like, oh, no. Okay, do this. Okay, now I want you to just like, okay, cry. You want one tear or two tears? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Hold yeah. it back once. Okay, okay. Tier one, laugh, then tier two. It's miraculous. You got it. Oh my god! And she's like, this is very, amazing. But that's very Dirk Diggler. Yes, like, yeah, I yes. can go again. He, yeah. yeah, she's it, the it, superstar. Right. You're yeah. right. It she's is the superstar. Sure, absolutely. And the thing is, I mean, like this movie is absolutely free with its references. I think it's just like I love Boogie Nights. I'm going to do Boogie Nights. You know, and because he's also like he's just throwing shit out there, like um, uh, like when uh when Brad Pitt is walking up the hill with all the other actors in tow, like he just throws in this shot from um the Seventh Seal. It's death. Uh, leading all the uh, the dancers, right. I was just like he's just like fuck it, throw it in, throw it in. I don't give a shit, you know. And, and then he starts referencing himself where there's bits of music from La La Land in oh, this movie. I was going to mention that as yeah. well. Is like there is literally a theme song in this yep. thing that keeps yep. reoccurring, reoccurring, reoccurring. Yep. The same as it does in La La Land to yep. the point where I had to go back to listen to La La Land yep. to make sure he wasn't using the same music. He's not. Yep. 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 But no, it feels insane. like it's the same music. Yeah, it's really <laughs> brilliant. So like it's 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 a it's a little bit of the of the making of La La Land. I think like that's the I think what what he is kind of saying is La La Land is singing in the rain and he is telling you the backstory of how fucking crazy it is to actually make a movie in Hollywood today. <laughs> like Maybe. you think you think Maybe. that this stuff isn't happening? Yeah. There's more drugs. <laughs> it's worse. Yeah. It's just it's just much much better hit much better hit. Well, it was interesting because I I spoke to someone who you guys know who was talking about the the Cannes Film Festival, mm-hmm. uh, and she said, "Well, it's different now, a mm-hmm. bit. It was very different when Harvey was here." <laughs> yeah, no doubt, right? Right, and she goes, "Sometimes for, I mean, de- definitely for the better, but sometimes not as much." <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we can talk. I mean, we can say like it's like when uh, like. Digital domain circa 2006. Right. Different place. Yeah. <laughs> like that yeah. was digital. Do- if you did a VFX version of uh, Babylon, it oh would my take God, place. And- just wiping the cocaine off the Wacom tablets is what it's you were fucking, doing. <laughs> yeah. It's insanity. You think it's not yeah. like, you think it's not happening today. It was completely happening today. 100%. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's amazing uh, how intensely he, you know, uh, grabs this stuff and just, it just throws it in there, throws it in the lens, and just makes it part of this giant parade of shit that's happening. It's yeah. incredible. It's incredible. So th- her 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 breakthrough is she's going through the whole thing. That's awesome, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the studio executive is played by uh, uh, what's the name? Green. Um, <sighs> James Green. I always get his first name. I'm always uh, Jeff Green. Who is uh, mostly known as being the, the? Huh? He's a comedian. He is right? a comedian. He's yeah, mostly right. known as being the uh, uh, the manager on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Right. 
Right. Uh, he's also very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, people have been anyway. There's been some issues with him on set, and there's all people trying to cancel him. Mm-hmm. But apparently, is really? you no. Know, <laughs> he has he has you know uh, uh, some bipolar issues, something like that. Sure. That he's been managing. So like he's trying to do that, and it affects his work, as you can imagine. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always thought he was fascinating. He's a fantastic stand-up comedian, by the way. He is at Flappers all the time. I love him. Uh, but, uh, I think it's funny that he's playing the studio executive as well, cause he was pretty funny. But yeah. literally one of the sets next to them goes up in flames and she says, uh-huh. keep shooting! <laughs> Shut well, a lot of people died during that time. Yeah. Oh, oh, sh- oh. Someone dies on, on set. set. Yeah, it's yeah. not like he gets a spear through the chest. Someone anyway, speared like, through the chest at Hindera Lions like he had a drinking problem. <laughs> it, it, like, it's my favorite. She goes, well, you know, he had a drinking problem. And then there's this long pause and he goes, it's a disease, you know. <laughs> it cuts. <laughs> it's just, that's, oh my God. Dying laughing. Dying laughing. Right. So, the, so obviously there's a bunch of other movies going on. The other one, yeah. big, big epic movie, right? Where it's a huge crowd of warriors coming down the hill that they're filming, right? Mm-hmm. With a big German director who's like, get it, get it, get it. And they yeah. have like, and this craziness happening from all the extras that are all in yeah, costume. That's there, the locust, right? There. That's there, the locust, exactly. And then, and then you see this insanity and it's like, break for lunch. And then it's like, and they're just eating the schlop, you know, yep. like, uh. yeah, yeah. So fucking good, dude. It's good. Like this. It's but it's like, even back then, it's like Hollywood is like this, not bellwether, but it's like of morality. Like everything is judged by that. You know, yeah, even Day of the Locust. Because <laughs> it's all bullshit. Moralism is bullshit. And that's what this shows. It's just like, this is just people like we demand this, you know, oh, singing in the rain, la, 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 la. And if you saw how the fucking sausage was made, where are your morals then? Well, it's all a lie, too, because right. even in the very beginning, he's like, we came from, you know, I studied theater, and you just see him hustling with his friend. It's all right. a lie from the very beginning in mm-hmm. Singing in the Rain. Yeah, it's like it's it's a put on. And like everything is about how we perceive ourselves through the lens of big stars. And if right. so, if a, if a big star uh, does something that um, makes you look bad for liking them, then you must shame, shame, shame them and cut them out of existence. That's yeah. what canceling is. It has nothing to do with you actually acting morally. It has to do with how you decorate yourself morally. And that's what is happening in the film. Right. Like, it has nothing to do with being good. It's just appearing good. And right. that's mm-hmm. his characters. But it's kind of hilarious to pair that with the party, right? They do, they go crazy mm-hmm. in the party. They do stuff that you really shouldn't do. And you're like, and they do mm-hmm. exactly the same thing on set. Which is also yeah, exactly it's the same. There's a, it's just a big party. The whole thing's a giant, ridiculous, dead, deadly party, right? You know, and uh, and you eventually the party runs out. Like, yeah, that's the story. So, yes, uh, it does. so the big, so the big thing that happens is the battles, all of that craziness. Manny's trying to get shit to, to work, but because of all the insane battles, that they lost all their cameras. They broke all the cameras. And How the German similar guy. was that? When I used to PA in New York, it's the same thing. Yep. You go to Kodak and you, all these places or Panavision to pick up stuff, and it's like, oh, you got to wait. And they're wait, wait. Uh, like they're joking about high tech nonsense, just like and is the that same the dickhead behind the counter <laughs> wants to know, you know about right? the twenty-eight. <laughs> You're like, the same dickhead behind the counter. Yep. Like, yeah. oh, just give me the film just me the fucking thing i mean you feel like you uh steve buscemi steve buscemi and fargo saying like you're the at the at the gate saying you're the master of your own fucking little domain here here's your three dollars <laughs> like, 
Well, let's huge. explain where that was before because we, I think we skipped several steps and are not going to make any sense. Let's skip steps. No, Welcome because what happened ADD is they lost all the cameras podcast. and they basically need to get one extra camera. Manny volunteers to go get the camera, races down there. It's like, tell him it's, we sent you. He goes <laughs> to the counter and the guy at the counter <laughs> says, what do you need? He's like, I need this camera. He's like, do you need the this model 12, or that 12, 12, model. 1225 or the 1228? And it's like, uh, is there a difference? <laughs> he goes, he wants to know if there's a difference and laugh about it, which is you're right. That's the joke about it because we've done that in visual effects world as well. So like, yeah. He wants to know like, if there's a difference between ACES CG and regular ACES. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be back in half an hour. Yeah. An hour and a half later. <laughs> an hour and a half later shows up and the camera finally shows up. Man, he takes the camera, figures out how he's going to get through traffic, steals an ambulance, <laughs> uses yep. the ambulance to bring the camera up right as the magic hour is starting to go away. And Amazing Manny is light. a hero. And Manny is a hero. The German guy says, you saved my movie. <laughs> and everyone is like at this beautiful, and they do this really great thing where they get the beautiful shot of Brad Pitt kissing in the sunset and everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh. Explosions going off yeah. in the background. It's Everything amazing. is perfect. It's magical right. shit. Yeah, it's incredible. And so this is how we're introduced to basically Manny and uh, uh, Margot Ruby being uh, introduced into the film industry. Right. She takes off and is known as the wild child. Right. right. And, and talk about child. film references. Chazelle puts in the entire scene from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood of her going to see her own movie. Right. It's this, and like, I'm just like, it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same scene with exactly the same actor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. like, that's incredible. That's incredible. Like, you're just like, oh, I love that scene. Let's do that scene. Let's do that. I mean, it's fine. I think this is great. These are all tributes. Oh, it's to, brilliant. Yeah. I think it's perfect. Right. It's a movie made up of movies. That's what the joke and, is. Well, that's about movies. <laughs> that's about movies. Yeah. Like you know, it's he's doing all that. It's not like he doesn't know that he's putting Margot Robbie oh, in. It's like Margot Robbie's gonna be like, uh, I think I shot this scene before. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, can you do me a favor and take your shoes off and put them up on there? <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so like she she becomes a superstar off of this, like because the wild child is so sexy and audiences love it, love it, right? You know, and Manny uh, starts to work more and more on set and starts to help out more on set and starts to and getting more, more opportunities, more, more opportunities. You get introduced to the uh, uh, the uh, the Vera, what's her name character? I thought who, Flea was great. Flea was hysterical. Great, great role for Flea. Um, but the uh, the one who's writing the the cue cards is the woman who was singing, right? So which who becomes the um, uh, Margot Robbie's love interest later right. on. So she yeah. she is, uh, yes, we for, I forgot to talk about her, and that's uh, behind uh, you right now. <laughs> she is a, a Chinese woman who is a lesbian and uh, is, uh, embraces her lesbianism uh, yep. very much. So, which was very, her. I put her into the, the chat. Yeah. There we go. She was awesome. And, uh, like, and based on a real character. Yeah. And so like, uh, so you see that she is actually the one who's essentially the writer for the movies that, uh, Robbie is in. She writes the, the inter intercards, you know? Right. Um, and, uh, so all these characters, so like they pop up and then sort of, you see how closely knit the film world really is and how people's lives keep on crossing over each other. And so like, you're like, it's a very, I mean, you know, all of us having worked on this kind of stuff, like, it's an extremely small world, 
Like, and I think right. they, they capture that very, very well. Like you keep on seeing the same people and characters going through the background all the time because yep. it, that's what it seems like when you're working in the industry. Right, 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 right. And so, um, as this happens, then their, their lives start to go downhill. Mm-hmm. Yes. And most of that happens with the introduction of sound. <laughs> yes. Singing in the rain. Exactly. Singing in the rain, which is exactly what that's about. Right. So when the jazz singer comes out, which is the first film to have that, and everyone's like, Oh my God, it's a hit. Um, then they say, Oh no, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta respond. And then of course this introduces a ton of problems. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, and, and you, and you get this and you also get introduced to a, another new character because Manny is slowly rising up the ranks of film production. Uh, and, uh, he becomes um, friends with one of the jazz band players that shows up in these uh, movies. And when they start to record, actually record singing in the rain, um, you know, with all record, the, okay. Not, not the actual movie singing in the rain. Yes. The song singing the in the rain or in a different musical. Right. 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 And, and, and uh, I like, love Brad Pitt's is like, I just go up there and sing. That's that's what's happening. (laughs) Where's the action? And it's like this boring shot of a bunch of people in raincoats, like standing and singing the the song, singing in the rain. Right. Manny turns to the uh, one of the 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 jazz players, like, "What do you think?" He's like, "I think you got the camera pointed the wrong way." Right. And yeah, like, and it introduces the you know new genre of film, a a whole new genre of film. Which is musicals, um, which is essentially musicals, <laughs> yeah. and also like and how and introduces this whole concept that like isn't covered in singing in the rain, which is how you have like um, uh, whole other sections of uh, audience or audiences are being uh, identified. Like you have um, like you know like films for for the Negro audience, they would say for the Negro like, audience, and right. so, so you have like, a Negro film, which is you yeah. know obviously the term that they used back then, right? Right, and so the and, and but those things because of how fucked up america was at the time like those could only be shown in certain places and you couldn't have mixed you couldn't have a mixed cast you have an entirely black cast you couldn't have a white person in there and that causes trouble all by itself as they're going through right and in fact it comes up and this is a very disturbing scene it comes up where he's now the 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 black uh trumpet player is a big star and he's in starring a movie and then they have the shot where he's playing (laughs) And the light but because is of the lighting is shining spotlight on him, and because of that, he's brighter than the, than the the rest of the band. And they say he looks white. This looks like a mixed race band, and it won't show. And it like won't we show. Will, like we literally can't play the movie in the South if it's a mixed race movie. And if right. we think it's a mixed race movie, we can't do this. And so they force him to go blackface. Yeah. So oh, they didn't force him. Manny, charcoal. Yeah. Manny like, says. Please, they, is they just for the lighting, yeah. Yeah. and just the look of horror and yeah. Yeah. just it's anger really, really as he puts scene. the black makeup on his face, yeah. and then yeah. when he's playing, and just the the sheer anger in his face as he's playing right. hard and yeah, like he's playing gorgeous. brilliantly, and you can see that he is like for all the joy Jewish. that's in the like all the joy that's in the lens, right? Uh, he is. It's just filled with rage. And it's also, that's the cues, the start of Manny's own moral downfall because he has to spend so much uh, effort to say like, you know, you're really just hurting the careers of everyone around you by not, uh, by refusing to be He's starting to, 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 compromise, himself. He's starting to yeah. compromise himself. Exactly. Right. 
And so like, yeah, like that, that kicks off all of this stuff. And you start to see at the same time, um, uh, Margot Robbie suffering from sound just because and one of my other favorite scenes in the movie, because she's got a New Jersey accent. She's got a New Jersey accent, uh, singing the rant style. And right. <laughs> like the, uh, like she's trying to shoot her first sequence where she just has to walk in a room, drop a suitcase. Down oh, that's and say, a, such like, a great scene. This is like one of the great bits in the whole movie. Now, like, well, I, okay. First of all, they did the exact same thing in singing in the rain, but this one was so much better executed. It's so fucking funny. It's so funny. And it's so intense. Uh, it is intense. And it's so like, like, and it represents like how high, like when you're on a, a bad set and things are going wrong, like it's right. Like you feel like you're going to go just, crazy. just to get it. So, so no one here is really used to doing sound. This is the first time they're doing a film that's doing sound again. Like there's a mirror scene of this in singing in rain, which we can get to, but what she, she has to, the microphone, which is huge, right? You don't have little lav mics or boom mics there is right at a certain spot. So they have an X on the ground. She has to hit that mark, say a line at a specific volume. And she, every time it's messed up slightly because something happens, she missed a mark. They try to move the mic and it's like, no. And the sound guy is just being the biggest asshole to them. Like completely <laughs> and inflexible. Sound is up in this booth that's near the ceiling with a huge scaffolding that leads up to it. So every time he stops, it's like man like, from the sky. Yelling yeah. He at has them. to like, this is what's wrong. That was very frustrating, actually. I don't answer to you. I answer to my director, which she's 100% correct. She's totally right. Exactly. Exactly. Directors run the fucking show. Right. But it's like, and so they just layer this, you know, like mistake upon mistake upon mistake until like everybody is so fucking frazzled. The cameraman's in a soundproof box, which is sweltering hot. No AC like, because it makes no too much AC. sound. <laughs> like, exactly. And so he's in the room that was burning hot. It was just like, whoo, and he keeps on coming. I can't breathe in there. I can't breathe. And they just stuff him back inside. Like, it's it worse finally, and worse and worse. Like, finally, she just goes like, boom, boom, boom. And then, you know, she she never gets through more than one line of the whole thing. Right? Yeah. Uh uh, cut and cut, <laughs> cut, 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 and they're like, God fucking damn, God damn it. it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the studio head shows up and like everyone's like, oh no, we're fucking up in front of the studio head. Like everything is horribly wrong. And they finally get one. Like, and then she goes to the right line take. and then she just goes through the rest of the scene with no mistakes at all. Yep. Which was flawless. 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 Right. And then they're like, hooray! Yay! <laughs> everyone flips out and everyone's suddenly really happy and they're hugging each other. And, like, and, and they open the, up the camera thing and the guy is dead. Out dead. <laughs> that is that one was right up there with like one of the funniest scenes i've ever seen in any movie is the uh would it were so simple bit from hail caesar and i was just like this is a lot of hail caesar Caesar. like i i i recommend anyone who doesn't like hail caesar i just recommend watching it 50 more times yeah you will it's a great recite the entire. I thought one, about that. I was like, I gotta go check out Hail Caesar again. That's I fun. love that, that film. You turned me on to it too. Oh, dude! But a, what a movie! I, and I didn't. I, I only kind of liked it when I first saw it, and now it's like one of my favorite cons. That's unbelievable. But anyway, right. so yes, this movie is. Uh, this scene is just unbelievably funny and perfectly put together, and fucking such high stress. If you've ever been in that actual oh situation, <laughs> is yep. really good. But yeah, so everything starts falling apart for them because. Sound is here. The business is hard. People's morals start to change over whether or not. And then she makes a lot of mistakes, a lot Mm -hmm. of mistakes, right? She starts to hire her 
deadbeat dad as her manager. Mm-hmm. And that's a proven that's mistake a number. Yeah, he's, he's going like, oh, it's Eric Roberts, hysterical. Yeah. He's yeah. just like, well, I'm going to have a restaurant with her name on it. It's going to be incredible. Oh, I so wanted him Jesus. to get eaten by that rattlesnake. Yeah, it's so good, dude. And so, like, things like things start to tip over, and you can feel it start to slide. Right. But you have no idea how low this movie is. And Brad go. Pitt, <laughs> who is star, 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 right, is suffering from similar situations, yes. right? Right. He's in a same. There's again another mirror scene from Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. He's in a movie where he thinks it's okay, but he's never really been in a talkie movie. So he's like, I guess that's okay. And he goes mm-hmm. to see the movie, mm-hmm. and they're all laughing about Everyone's how laughing at him. ridiculous yeah. the dialogue is. I love you. I love you. There's <laughs> like more. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the uh, it, it's the it's the scene in Singing in the Rain that they eventually turn to a comedy just to try and sell it. Right. And, uh, but he, like, his star starts to win. Everyone's still partying like crazy. And only the parties are getting more desperate and weird. And, uh, to the point where uh, the scene with, uh, her dad and the rattlesnake, which is which was another great. great scene. Right. Well, another he keeps scene. bragging about crazy stories and he goes, Oh, is you're telling the s- snake story again? It's like, my dad, who wants to see my dad <laughs> fight a, a rattlesnake? Snake. Fight a rattlesnake. Yeah. 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 They drive out in the desert, find a rattlesnake. He's he's like, I'll fight that snake. But he's so drunk, he basically passes out before he can fight the snake. And by the what, way, I want to tell you a little interesting fact about rattlesnakes. <laughs> they are the snakes that are the most vulnerable to anything. Oh, really? Yes. They are not predators. I mean, they're, yeah, they're predators to things, but a lot of things kill rattlesnakes, including a lot of snakes. So king snakes kill and eat rattlesnakes all the time oh, which wow. snakes king snakes, king snakes. right yeah, and then like a lot of different a lot of animals kill rattlesnakes and eat them a lot <laughs> yeah yep. so and they're, they're actually one of the most vulnerable of all the snakes out there and they're pretty tasty too we've had a rattlesnake um have you really yeah, yeah i've had a rattlesnake, yeah, rattlesnake not bad. and you like it yeah yeah it's not bad. It's, I mean, a, it's it based i mean it tastes like i hate to say it tastes like chicken does but uh, it's got an interesting uh, texture to it that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. yeah. Like and scallops? Uh, no. <laughs> like chewing tobacco? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's got a nice texture to it. I like yeah. the way it tastes. Uh, um, okay. Um, so crazy town stuff that happens all the time. We mm-hmm. also get introduced to the fact that Margot Robbie has a serious gambling problem. <laughs> yeah, very bad. But I don't. I don't really gamble that much. Only when I'm drunk, or when I'm happy, or whatever. <laughs> that was the best. That was fun. Right. Like, she ends up owing a lot of money. Lots, oh, lots, 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 right? Lots so eighty-five thousand dollars. Eighty-five yeah, thousand, which is something like a million dollars. That's a million bucks. Yeah, right. That's like a million bucks. Yeah, she's she is spending. Oh right, all and we places. also introduce another character who's another weird character, and it was the doctor or whatever his name is. Yeah, right. That guy who gives him the pills, like yeah. the peanuts with the freaking pills inside of yep. it. That was funny. Right? <laughs> who wants a bag of peanuts? <laughs> <laughs> that was really great. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh my god! Yeah, so fucking crazy this movie. But yeah, uh, so. So, so, so what happens now, sort of leading towards the, towards the, the end here, but, uh, things the, start taking a turn. Things start taking a turn. The, 
She owes all this money. She goes to Manny because he's the only one that knows what to do, right? Mm-hmm. And he's now he's but like she the head also of the knows studio. He's one he of the executives her. of the studio, right? Yeah, well, he, is, he is. Go ahead. He also knows that he she he loves her and will do anything for her. She takes advantage of him. Oh, without a doubt. And she so like, doesn't and saying, necessarily know that directly, but she knows that he that she can just go to Manny he, if she has anything. I, like, I feel like he is um like she just like she is in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She sort of represents movies to Manny. Like, I mean, like she's like she's there's an idea that he's fallen in love with with her. He's not really in love with her, but there's something special about her that he wants to be true. And the more he knows about them, like she reflects uh, how his vision of what movies are is devolving. The more he knows about movie making, like uh, he rises in the ranks uh, and eventually becomes a, a, stu- a, a studio head of a small studio, uh, making money on doing uh, pictures musicals. for underserved groups and musicals and all this kind of stuff. And so he's doing very, very well. But at the same time, he is sacrificing a lot of his own morals to get there, his own ethics to get there anyway. And uh, and he's seeing how the sausage is made and his image of what movie making is, is sort of collapsing. And she is the vision of that. Like, she goes from being an incredibly charming, likable young ingenue with a crackerjack attitude to a desperate, drug-ridden. Uh, yeah, she's a mess, you know, and uh, uh, and and just needs money, and you know, it's a so like she's just fucking horrible. You know, she's a shit show by the end of the movie. Um, and his love of the his love of film dies out over the process of being involved in making movies and i think that's sort of like the uh it's not it wasn't visible while it was happening in the movie to me but upon reflection i'm like that's the point Mm. you know like this is like it's how like being involved in this stuff and knowing all the fucking stupid shit that happens and the bad people and the cruelties and the drugs and the mess and the nonsense really can take the fucking shine off the apple of what you want out of your career and what you went there for in the first place. And the magic slowly evaporates from what he is experiencing. What's yeah. You know? it, particularly so, when he, his, his moral kind of compass falls with right. the, with the jazz player. Right. And so like, she's, she comes back to him begging for money and like he helps her because he would love to have that back. Not because he's in love with her. It's not like a love story. Um, but he wants this well, to change. He does. He, he does. does. Yeah, he, he does. He does because he wouldn't have put himself out with a mob like that. Oh yeah. No, he, I mean, he loves her, but I think it's, it's, it is like in terms of what the movie is saying, it's a more ethereal statement love rather than like the Marvel, Margot Robbie is so amazing and attractive and like, she's whatever, like she's a desperate well, fucking there's freak also by the time that, 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 that the, I mean, he has an image of her. From the first time he saw her at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And, that, and it flashes that to it, right? Flashes to it. And yeah. that's what he remembers. Right? Yeah, this so. is like, he wants, he wants that back. He wants that image of what she and movies mean to him back. He mm-hmm. loved, he got involved with this because he was, he, he first gets there. He's willing to do fucking anything to be in movies. And he well, says, he so. also like to him, the glory of him bringing that camera back to the German guy was like, mm-hmm. that's what movies it's tremendous. All, yeah. That is the, you being the hero. You're the and hero. I think that was a wonderful thing to sort of illustrate 
that part of Hollywood mm-hmm. more right. than the actors is just like the behind the scenes guy and yeah, what it's like exciting this, to be right. the behind the scenes guy. Right. It's you this know. dude who's in the, and like he begins in the periphery. It's kind of like Philip Seymour Hoffman in Boogie Nights. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that was yeah. The, He's my favorite character in that film easily. Uh, <laughs> I'm, a I'm, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a fucking idiot. The best. Um, but yeah, so like the, he, that's where he really is. That's where, uh, uh, Manuel ends up being like, he really is the lens of the film, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so he's like, I'll totally help you out. How much money do you owe? And she's like, basically, no, 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 no. He's like, like, no, no, no. He's angry at her. Oh, he's, he's very it's a angry fight. at her. Yeah. Very angry at her. He says, fine, I'll help you. She's like, help me. He's like, I'll help you. Right. So the next scene, he sounds the, the doctor, mm-hmm. <laughs> whoever the hell he is. Yeah. What the, what the he, he insists oh. on being called like the something, the count the or whatever, the Duke. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah that guy was so good. Yeah. Yeah. He's so funny, dude. So yeah. funny. Yeah. And yeah. so like he, he's like, don't worry, I'll figure this out somehow, you know, and you'll stay here for three days. I'll, I'll talk to the doctor and we'll, you know, we'll get, I'll get some solution together. Yeah. And, and the guy's like, yeah, I got it. Don't worry. I got I'll, it. I got it. I'll so he gets a suitcase full of money. He's like, where do you get it? It's like, don't, don't ask those questions. So they go to the mob, right? They yeah. show up at the mobster's house and we don't know. Right. Like, where, and we're uh, pretty far into the movie. Like we're at least two, two plus hours into the movie. When I love that scene. The tension was so <laughs> great. So this good. Is, you know what this is in Boogie Nights? This is the cocaine scene with the that's right. Yes. <laughs> Actually, you know what it is? It's, it's exactly true romance. the cocaine scene. Or true, <laughs> true romance. romance. Yes. It's also true romance. romance. Yeah, exactly. Right, oh, right, right. so many great references. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny as hell. And like in this, and so he, they meet the, the the whatever he I'm who does he who does this person who does well this first of all the, the the guy who escorts the nurse is the big spits. guy who keeps spitting yeah that reminded yeah. me of Chris it's <laughs> all a little bit the time. yeah well, you I do it was great. I hate to tell it you on, I, but that's I, the thing can I just point that out that's the firecracker guy that's the, the boogie nights guy. is the fire yeah. is is they've got this thing that distracts you and nerves you yep, that's right. exactly, exactly what it is that's the <laughs> the Chinese. Thai boy yeah exactly yeah it's so good. Yeah. And so, like, and so, who is who is the uh, 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 the in a the, career-defining performance? <laughs> career-defining performance. Former Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire. <laughs> Tobey Maguire in the creepiest, creepiest. Like I would never. He's like, who are we going to get? He who can play really like a died. creepy guy? I would never have picked Tobey Maguire, but they yes. did. Yes, 100%. and he was amazing yeah he's so funny and so nasty like you can smell what he smells like in, this, in the scene he's disgusting he's i mean disgusting. it's so disgusting yellow teeth super yellow teeth and then this sound, like this eyes i'm like <laughs> hideous oh hideous 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 and he's like yeah i got ideas for movies <laughs> I, got, I, I wrote this one down and i love uh, that he describes he's like when he describes this fucking plot he's just like there's this, there's this little man, little boy, right. and he's like, he's so skilled at all this stuff. He's so smart. He's so smart. So smart. <laughs> he turns out he's a he's midget. He's a 50 year old midget. <laughs> and it was like, that's the plot to Orphan. <laughs> like, that's, it's literally the plot of the horror movie Orphan. <laughs> it was like, this is brilliant. Uh, I was like, thinking yeah. it, was the, it was the plot of, uh, what was the, the one that you, uh, you keep talking about? The guy that ends up killing the person, Donald Sutherland. Oh, 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 uh, yeah, that's another one. So don't look, don't look now. Yeah, don't, don't look, look now. now. <laughs> it's a midget. <laughs> it's like he's so, it's so nasty. He tells the most awkward, nasty, like 
like wrong stories, just wrong. And yeah, oh, it was incredibly really, wrong about it. But he just he just holds this little black book and he's like, uh, one. <laughs> like, and now if for when you guys when you guys finally see uh, under the Silver Lake, there is a character like this, and you're going to be like, this is the Tobey Maguire moment. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. want to tell you anything else, but he's waiting for you in that movie. It's okay. incredible. So but yes, uh, so then he says, oh. You have that is a person for your next movie. You have to see him. You have, you have to see him. To see him. You, he's amazing. He's amazing. <laughs> like, so ah, they paid okay. him the money. That's the okay. money's no we're, longer we're, a problem, right? Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, they gave and the, the money's money. there. Oh, and he disappears for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So he's got the bag of money there. He's not, like, it's fine. It disappears for a while. And then he asked the doctor, <laughs> he's like, where did you get all that money? <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, we just made it. He's like, that's so and so made. Like, yeah, how'd you the make the prop money? guy? The prop guy made what? What you made the money? The movie? You made right. it. No, it's, it's fake money. money. <laughs> it's fake money. It's prop money. Where do you think I'm going to get money at this hour? Yeah, well, it's like you didn't give me much notice. I can't get eighty five thousand like, dollars. Oh no! And it's like he realizes the entire thing is fake. And he, oh, you know what that reminded me of? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. Sharky's machine. No, Sharky's machine. This happened. <laughs> no, this is actually a real story that happened. And it was, uh, it was actually, uh, on the, right after we shot the bank scene of V-Ray IRL. Right, right, right. right. And so what happened on that, and you were gone, you had to go with Carl or something, whatever was going Mm -hmm. on. But it was Dan Thrawn, no, sorry, Daniel Buck Uh and uh, Rob Niederhorst were talking about how much they loved the smoke machine. Right? Right, 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 right. And Dan Thrawn was looking it up on Amazon on his phone. He goes, "We he says two hundred dollars for a smoke machine. We can get one." And and uh, Dan says, "I'll go half with you." <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, so, let's do it. Let's do it." And then Daniel Buck hands him a hundred dollar bill, and he puts it in his wallet. And I was like, "Wait, look at that bill again." And Daniel Buck stole one of the prompt money, hundred dollar bills, yeah. and gave that to <laughs> really. Yes, okay. So gave him fake money. Little did we know, Damien Chazelle wow. was waiting nearby. It says that would make a I great. I never heard film. that story. No, it's real story. Yep, that's so good. It was so, so good. funny. It was so funny. Man. But yeah, like this. Yeah, this. Um, so yeah. then he realizes, oh shit, we're in trouble. They've We've got already a bag handed full over the fake money, money. <laughs> and now they want us to go. Somewhere, and I all I want to do is get out of here. <laughs> yeah, right. But right? it's too late. It's too, too late. late. Like, no, no, no. no we're no, going come with me. We we're go going. See it's this just guy. over. It's just over the hill. Just yeah. yeah just right. come over. Come on, just guys. over the hill. It's like uh, yeah, yeah. Get the coats. Right, right, right around the corner. Right, right around right, the corner. Right, right around the corner. <laughs> right around oh, the corner. Right. That's yeah. Totally. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it was. <laughs> so you're like you, like you know, it's going to be bad. Like you're like this is going to yeah. be bad. It's yeah. going to be bad. And it turns a little know bit it's, white it, shut it's at this point. That way. <laughs> and it's just like, it gets bad. And you're like, this is bad. And it gets a little worse. And you're like, this get really bad. No, no, like, no, no, no. Yeah. Let's get so a, a they little basically lower. go into a sewage hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> into a storm drain kind of area, which is like the underground, right? Mm. And there's this crazy parties going on. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't look, oh, people fighting, right? It's so it's like underground yeah, it's fighting. It's like fight club, like cage club thing going on. Everyone's yeah. cheering. And it's like, oh, this isn't good. And goes, oh, it's not on this level. It must be on the next level. <laughs> and they level go to, down. Let's go down one let's more level. Let's go down one more level. And right. then it's just like people in jail hell. cells, 
doing weird, weird things. Pervy shit's going pervy on. Pervy shit going on. <laughs> oh my and god! He's like, no, no, no. It must be one more level. One more level. There's <laughs> like, like an oh alligator in a like a room. Alligator oh yeah. blocking the hallway. Ready to eat people. Yeah. Oh man. Oh. And what, what's what's really happening is that this is a. A disgusting comic representation, a granguinal comic representation yeah. of the movie you're watching. Like, right. it's about the oh, levels. It's, it's, how it's, low, how will low you can go? you go? Yeah. Right. How low will you go to get what you think you want? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and all you want to do is get out of it. <laughs> and all you want to do is get the fuck out of it. It's like, oh, let's look at this party. And you're like, yeah, I think it was at the this party at the beginning of the movie. This is just a little bit nastier. And yep. then party after party after party, and then the alligator, and you're like, what the fuck oh, is going on? And you go on, to man. the bottom, and he's like, there he is! There he is! Oh my yeah. god, Tobey Maguire was, that was so So creep- funny, man. It's oh, so nasty. Isn't he? Look, look what he'll do! And it's he'll do big, anything for money! That's an he'll actor. do anything for money, <laughs> which is also a yes. statement. Yes, he'll right. do anything for money. He'll do anything for money. What was that, Eric? He's like, oh, he came from Oregon. All the way down. <laughs> That's right. He came from some fucking farm in Oregon. Oregon, yeah. Yeah. So it's basically like Margot Robbie or anybody who's come to Hollywood from the Midwest to become a big star. Mm-hmm. Here you are. You'll do you are anything. in a cellar. Mice. We'll fucking eat live rats. Or is it rats? Uh, yeah. yeah. For uh, for anything for money. for money. For money. And then he's like, "Give me a twenty. And he goes in a bag and he just that grabs one of the fake twenties and just throws it at him. He's like, "Give me another." And he's holding up the money. And then his drip because they're on this 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 damp weird disgusting place. cellar. Water comes down and he sees the ink of the money dripping down. Start and he run. realizes this is fake. And they're like, "Oh, oh. shit." And they're surrounded by all these crazy people, and they start chasing them. So they like guy pulls a gun on him, and so um, uh, he uh, hits Manuel him with his clobber, grabs thing. this fucking like like shovel slash hook, whatever it is. It's like a, and, it's like a, a baseball bat, but with spikes on with it. With spikes on it, and fucking this guy's coming at him with a gun, and he goes oh, plack, and like hits him in hits the him neck. Hits him in the neck. Blood like starts spraying everywhere. That was so they, awesome. They start running out I of there. I love that scene. It was like, they, in oh, order to keep the go. people from chasing them down, they cut the alligator loose to go and eat the people that are chasing them. Very smart. It's absolutely bananas. And then they're, you know, they keep running, guns shooting after them the whole time. Right. Insanity. Pure right. insanity. Let's, let's finish this story and then we'll go back because in parallel to this, there's the Brad Pitt story as well, which yes, we need to get correct. to. Right. But, uh, <laughs> So they kind of get out. He's like, we got to get out of town, right? Like to, to Margot Romy. Right. Right. Yeah. We got we to gotta go. go. We'll go to Mexico. Right. And she's like, okay. And honestly, mm. what this. She's such a loose cannon. Like she's, by the, this time of the film is total like nutty loose cannon. It was kind of funny. actually. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. you know, I, I've been having, I have a lot of dreams this way and I'm sure I know it's not uncommon and you guys probably have the same things, but do you ever have dreams where you're trying to get no. somewhere and you, and you oh, just can't. I always have that <laughs> yes. interrupted. Yeah. You just yeah. can't, no matter Problem what with your you luggage, right? Yeah. Or held oh, back no, or whatever yeah. it is. Yep. 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 100%. And then you're like, but I'll, you know, if I finish this journey, I get to go fishing or whatever, whatever the story that you're trying to get on, but you never can get there. And that's what this was like. It's like, okay, let's get out of town. Like, no, I still have to pick up this. Oh no, I need, still need to get gas. I need to do this. I, like they're constantly interrupted. Right. But he, in this opportunity, like sees her, has the opportunity to tell her how much he loves her. Mm-hmm. Right. 
right. and how he wants to be with her. And, and she's like, I love you too. And uh, we're, we're engaged now. Right. Right. And so finally, like, I was like, okay, I'm going to be with her. All I got to do is get her to Mexico and we'll be fine. Right. And he has to do one last stop. And of course she gets out of the car and just walks off into the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a beautiful shot, right? Because she gets out of the car. She's in the darkness. There's a one lamp with a light shining down on the street. And so there's a, there's a spotlight, a pool of light, right? And she walks into the pool of light and out of it and walks out of it. And that's it. Yeah. So it's kind of an open-ended what happened to her. Yeah. And that's her journey, right? She walked out, she came out of nowhere, was in the spotlight for a few moments and then disappeared, which is exactly what the critic predicted for Brad Pitt, for instance. Right. Which we'll get to in a second. (laughs) She, uh, the, the critic is one of my favorite, and I think she's highly underrated actress. Oh, I think she's great. Yeah. She's great in the scene too. Um, and she's, she's played, she, she's, uh, this is someone we forgot to mention, but she's been throughout the whole film. She's been in front. She's the the film critic or gossip columnist yep. kind of person, right? Yeah. There was a famous gossip columnist with a lot of power at that time. And I totally. Yeah. It's um, uh, Edda, Gabler, Hedda, Hedda, yeah, Hedda, Hedda, yeah, Hedda, yeah, Hedda Gabler, okay. right? Yeah. Hedda, so, and she's, and they, and they sort of make fun of her in, um, in Hail Caesar as well. Cause like, uh, Tilda Swinton plays the, the dual gossip columnist. In that. Right. Right. Um, but, uh, this, uh, uh, Hedda, yeah, it's Hedda something. Hedda Gabler? <sighs> yeah, I can't quite think of it. It sounds right. We'll have to go with that. Okay. Uh, but the, the actress is the same actress who plays, um, Hopper. She's in, uh, she's also, she's in Hacks more recently, which is a really good right. show on yes. HBO. And she's in, um, Hopper. Yep. She was, she was famous. Hedda Hopper. Gene, Gene, yeah, Hedda Hopper is who you're trying to think of, Eric. That's the actual gospel columnist. Um, the actor that you're trying to think of is Gene Smart. That's who's playing the role of the gospel columnist in Babylon. She is in Hacks. She's in Hacks. She's yeah. also was uh, famous in Designing Women. That was yeah. a big show. Uh, yeah. And she also plays uh, Frasier. Lan- in Frasier. She plays yeah. Lanny Lornan, who is the head cheerleader yeah. of Frasier and who has a fantastic. She is so good in Frasier. Yeah, she's funny as hell. So good. Like yep. one of my favorite that and the person who plays BB, uh, his oh agent, yeah yeah I love BB some of the best characters. Yeah. Anyway, enough about Fraser. I know we'll distract it. It's like uh, I just want to note that we've gone an hour and forty minutes and we have not brought up Bill Hader once. So this is a pretty good record for us. So, yeah, this is pretty good, man. That's yeah. that's got to be time. I'm sure that's Bill's gotta, listening. I mean, he's like, a, I mean where, what's happening? Do you guys fall yeah. in love or what happened? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, back to, uh, uh, to, uh, what happened? She's out of spotlight. He can't find her anymore. She's gone. Right. Right. We'll follow up with Manny later. Let's go back to Brad, the Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's character is career is had several flops, several, yeah. several flops. And he can sense his career dying. Is, is dwindling. Yeah. And dwindling. there's, there's a wonderful scene on the phone where this guy calls it's like Brad, uh, Brad Pitt, whatever his character's name. It's like, yeah, listen, hey, you can, are you available to be in uh, the, my movie uh, starting on Monday? Um, it's going to be wonderful, man. It's going to be, it's going to, you're going to come back. It's going to be incredible. And he's like, stop lying to me. You it's know, it's a piece of shit. It's a piece of shit, right? He's like, no, no, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's a piece of shit. When can you not lie to me for ten seconds? Does that answer me? Is it a piece of shit? He's like, yeah, 
It's, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see you on Monday. I'll see you on Monday. <laughs> Which is kind of the way you want it. I was just like, mm. yeah. I think I've been on that phone call. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? It, it's, it's interesting. I had this memory, you know, Eric and I worked on, on stealth as you, uh, we've said many times. And, uh, Rob Cohen had a screening for us, Eric. You might have, I don't remember if you were there at the screening, the one that no. they had at Sony lot. No, I never saw the movie. Oh, okay. So anyway, he had a screening at the Sony lot for all the DD people that he was, uh, and this is where he basically decided he was going to, it was called the pizza and pot party. He got us a bunch of pizza and had the executives at DD literally rolling joints and passing it around to all the artists in on the Sony. <laughs> the Babylon town. days. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember that. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy town, but it was, what was funny about it is like, we we're all looking at this movie. We all knew it was a piece of shit. Everyone knew it was a piece of shit. Right. Like the movie was terrible. It made no freaking sense whatsoever. It's right. True. <laughs> and, but, but Rob invited us on like the sound mixing stage at Sony to watch this thing. Mm-hmm. And enjoy pizza and get high, <laughs> right on Rob. And so, like, we were all just cheering and doing crazy stuff, right? And there was some other person, that some executive or whatever, that was sitting next to Rob at this experience. And that executive looks at Rob and he goes, "What a great experience this was! Did you just? It was a terrible movie." But he just said it with such his, and then Rob Lincoln's like, I'm glad you got to experience it with all these wonderful people who really put their heart and soul into it. Hollywood, baby. And I was realizing, I was like, we're all lying to each other all the time. It's said, it. no, it's wonderful. Isn't it great? Isn't it yeah. terrific? And I've been, I've been in a couple of, you know, pitch meetings and I just to hear the feedback of them, like, this is great. This, and it's like, you're never going to get this movie. They never tell you this is a terrible idea. Of course not. No, <laughs> of course not. No. Nobody ever. I have never. No one's on a meeting like that. No, no one is. No, I love. No, I really loved it. Really great. Really stuff. great. Really, really great. Really great. Yeah. Really yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's endless. like the worst insult I can say is like I'm not sure this is exactly what we're looking for. Yeah, that's get the fuck out. That means like get the <laughs> fuck out. This is the worst idea I ever. Heard. Exactly. Exactly. Can't you just be honest with me? Yeah. It's a piece of shit, right? <laughs> It's a piece, piece of shit. Of shit. Piece like shit. my 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 sim- a similar story is when uh, I worked on the A Team uh, with uh, Liam Neeson uh, and Joe Carnahan was directing. Liam Neeson, yeah, Liam Neeson, uh, Joe Carnahan, and Joe Carnahan has a fucking blast to work with too. And I will actually say that the uh, that the A Team for being a shitty cash in movie is a pretty fun shitty cash in movie. However, that said, it is a shitty cash in movie and like shitty cash in movie.com and like, and he's doing it because it's a big paycheck. It's got, you know, it's a Hollywood remake of a blah, blah, blah. And he knows it. We all know it. Right. And, uh, we went to the screening, um, on the, um, on the, uh, um, on the Sony lot and like get there, go and like sit on down. It's just the VFX that like, just VFX there. And we're going to see the movie. And Joe comes out and he's just like, listen, guys. I got to tell you, this means a lot to me. You guys done such work to bring this together. And I'm really, really proud of working with all of you. Wonderful, wonderful imagery you've constructed for this film. And I'm incredibly proud of what we've done. This is a real, this is a real movie. This is a real movie we've made. 
And I uh, can't thank you enough to be part of this with you. And now, without further ado, Marmaduke. <laughs> Are you serious? Like, yeah, he absolutely said this. I fucking died laughing. I was like, it's just like, yeah, I know we made some bullshit. Who cares? <laughs> like, he was just Marmaduke. like, who cares? We all got paid. You know, we had a good time. Wow. It's all right. Very funny. Marmaduke. <laughs> I remember actually, Eric, it was, uh, you know, uh, you and I were working on that ridiculous sequence for like months on stealth called the, the camel hump sequence, which is that stupid blimp oh. with the gas coming out of it. Remember that? That's right. That's an insane, like insane story. Like who the f- crazy thing. And I was, and we spent a lot of time on that thing. And I remember Evan Jacobs was, you know, our manager at the time and he comes up to me and he's like, you're, you're, are you working on that camel hump sequence? And I said, yep. And he goes, that makes no sense. I was like, no, yep. no. <laughs> it's like, he's like, has anyone said like, like the emperor has no clothes? Like, <laughs> this is terrible. The last thing anyone no. would say. No. no, 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 no one will ever. say this is a terrible idea. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, well, I think it's, I, I agree with this. Like if you're like, it's like with uh, Harrison Ford, uh, was mad at Shia LaBeouf because Shia LaBeouf like, uh, was like saying how shitty Indiana Jones was, and he was just like, "You fucking idiot!" <laughs> like we're we know we're not out here because you know we're a bunch of pals. We're out here selling the movie that we made. That's our job, right? <laughs> like, of course, it's the best thing that you've ever done. And until ten years later, when you can admit that it was shit. It's great. Yeah. 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 It's like that's it's such a lie. <laughs> yeah. It's that's that's the whole town there. Yeah. That's the whole town. Be honest with me. It's a piece of shit. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> I love it. And so yeah, like I was thinking even when this when watching this movie, I was like I but even by that point I was like I am I I do not know how Chazelle got this greenlit because it's so right. Oh, it's very anti-Hollywood. It's anti-Hollywood. It's, and it's just after, gigantically expensive. Yes, it's, but it's just, it's Brad Pitt and it's mm-hmm. just after the, um, COVID. Yeah, I suppose so. Right? Right. It's just like, like, we want to get people back in seats and blah, blah, wild, blah. Man. And so they do that. It's because like, I, I think that this is someone along the way must have known. Like, I mean, I, I like, I, like, I, like I said, like, I'm not saying the movie is bad, but I could, I could in one watch, I would, if I didn't know if this was a bomb, I would have said this will bomb. This is a bomb. Like this no, is but a, I, this it, is this will bomb, but this is a movie that I'm always going to remember. Oh, without a doubt. Which That's, movie are you talking about? Babylon. Like, Babylon. I'm, yeah. like, like I, there's no way if if someone had shown this to me out of the blue and said, "Do you think this is going to be a hit?" I would say this is going no. to crash and burn like the fucking Hindenburg. There's right. no. But this the is thing, a bad I investment. stand by this. This will crash, crash and burn in 2023. Mm-hmm. However. If this was made in the nineties, this would have been yep. Oscar yep. contender or top if, movie. Maybe in the seventies, yeah, I agree with Eric. 70, like this, yeah. this is this is uh, this is more of a a weird uh, mid seventies Altman experience. Yeah, you know, you're just like, what the f- what the fuck is this thing? Late, like, I would say late seventies. That way, you can get away with some more really yeah. hardcore sex stuff and yeah. it would make yeah. it really authentic, you know? Like yeah. yeah but it had a little bit of that era of like, you know, Chicago and all those other types yeah, yeah, of, a little bit of that that's, too. Yeah. That's what I didn't like about it. Yeah. Sh- I see. It, okay. Eric, it's like, now I see like the, Shazam, the conflict jazz. Woo, yeah, woo, woo, woo. Like, and then you cut to a guy, to yeah, sure. another right. guy 
with his hand up her behind. You know, and it's just like, yeah. what? It's like, that's, it's cruising meets Chicago. And I don't like that. It's like, you're either going to be, you're either going to be. I would pay for that. What are you talking that's about? That's another quote yeah. by me. Cruising yeah. meets Chicago. Yeah. Cruising and meets it's like, Chicago. It's totally <laughs> like. Mr. Cellophane takes on a whole new flavor. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Be sh- just be cruising. Just yeah. be cruising. Yeah. And it was a little right. too Baz Luhrmann for me, to be honest. I just felt like they pulled a lot from that playbook in terms of costumes and sets. Is this it? And yeah, I, I hear just you. Was, I hear you, I just I'm, was I'm like, with man, you. I'm with I you. Just, but, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to go back a little history because bef- one of our, our prequel episodes of Martini Giant, when it was still under the CG Garage umbrella, it was Daniel and I arguing about La La Land, right? Yes. And right. I talked about how much... I had problems with La La Land because I was so anti-nostalgia and it still am mm-hmm. in some sense. And I mm-hmm. think that La La Land is very nostalgic. Now, this movie is extremely nostalgic, right? Mm-hmm. But I was also mentioned that like there's a state of mind that you are, you're in when you watch a movie that you either are with it or not with it. And somehow right. it doesn't matter if, you know, everything you guys are saying is correct, but the state of mind in my mind Put me in favor of this movie at this moment in time. Oh right? yeah, no, I'm. Yes, I'm, but that I'm with state you. of with I guess what I touched on earlier is that state of mind was broken because it's stylistically it kind of bounced a little bit. You do, you don't like the art the artifice that he was bringing to the table on this thing. Like the Baz Luhrmann nishness sort of. That's the only part that just took me right? out. Yeah. yeah. And I, but, just, I mean, Eric also, but isn't he referencing a bazillion types of movies from all kinds of times? And then, so it's a, just a, a, yeah, he a, a I think that he wants, of, I think that what so he wants I to do. I understand that, but right. it just, for me, it just seemed, um, Hollywood's a dream, but it just seemed too, it just, it, it seemed, it did, there was an authentic, an authenticity was gone where, the main protagonist, he was authentic. I totally followed his story. Right. And I just felt it took it out a little bit because he was more authentic than the parties. He was like, what am I doing here? Look. I, I, I totally, just, I totally hear where you're coming from. I like, I, I, I enjoy it's it not, a lot. It's not directing. It's just, it's just, um, it's, uh, it's a choice to do it di- in this. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's art direction. Yeah. Well, because it, it's very, it's very much a choice to be so, uh, art, like intentionally artificial and cinematic in this stuff. And I think that what he is, I think what makes the movie so abrasive essentially, cause like you could make it grittier and it wouldn't be as abrasive because like, I think that like when you're watching something like cruising, for instance, a perfect marker, like, you know what you're in for with cruising from the opening scene, right? It's not trying in any way to be pretty. And so if you're in it, you're in it. And if you're not, you're out. But this movie is constantly also showing its classic Hollywoodisms and and skill and artifice, and also showing you stuff that is disturbing to any yeah, normal Hollywood sensibility. So wait, wait one second. That so like the discordancy between his flourishy style, uh, which is very very Hollywood and very very artifice, and what he's attempting to show, which is very depraved and very crazy, is awkward and abrasive. And so like I think he's doing that on purpose, right? But it is not. It is not very much fun for 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 the kind of movie that you want to grab grab onto. Okay, and I, you were just talking about the the classical Hollywood isms. There was nothing in that movie in those opening shots. You guys didn't even know that was Bel Air. You thought it was Bakersfield. No, no, no right. I'm talking. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking. I'm not talking about what they're showing. I'm talking about how the camera is moving. How he is like shows like the jazz flash, like the Baz Luhrmann-ness of it. Not what he's showing. I think the the contrast is between what he's showing, 
the filthy Bel Air, the burnt out Bel Air. No, right. It, and it, the, the style of the camp. Everything seems staged. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's what it, I mean. It was 100%. staged. Whereas the rest of the movie wasn't, it was yes. real and it was an adventure. And he was like just Indiana Jones going on this crazy ride and a ball right. thing rolls after him. Bah, right. bah, bah. And then you go back into the staged world where it's like it didn't need to be staged. All you have to do is show a bunch of naked girls with oil on the floor. And right. they're like, holy moly. And there's coke all around and people are doing crazy stuff. Yeah, and right. that would have been better rather than do, 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 like some sort of, you know, this is, right. So that's like that's a cigarette what I mean. commercial there, from 1972. Right. That, but that's like that's the like that's why it's it. That's why it's an abrasive choice. I think it's a choice. I think it's intentionally making you feel this way. Uh, and it's what made it abrasive to me. Like I enjoyed the abrasiveness of it, but like he's going to, I think to, he was like, trying to just put romance into it and, and mystique about the era, just like a jazz age thing. Well, but, I think, I think he's trying to create a massive contradiction between those things because the style doesn't fit what he's showing you. It's like when you're saying it's like Chicago meets cruising. It's like, that's exactly what is unpleasant about the experience. And like, it's so, it's so constant uh, that it's not like it's a mistake. Like my, what I don't like about Baz Luhrmann is that he is only surface, like he is only style and okay. only glitz. And where it was like Chazelle taking this, I mean, because he takes the skill, the the skills he's applied to La La Land, the technical skills, the camera skills, the Hollywood flash, and the staging, and all this stuff, where it's intentionally fake, and he has total control over it. And he's like, what if we do that? Only we film things that you would not film in that style, and it is very unpleasant to do that. Like that's not fun. It feels fake. I, and I weird. actually feel the scene that really that I felt was as contrived as the those the that's not you know like the jazz scenes or whatever those the sex the the party. It just mm-hmm. was when she's went crazy on the people because she comes from Jersey and she right. threw all the food around. Right. It just was not. It, it didn't work for me, and I felt like there was this battle between like being. I, I think it took away from the characters because mm-hmm. uh, journey, honestly, for everybody. And at the end, I love the ending, and I wish it was more of it was like that. I, I, well, I hear what you're saying. The ending was was the ending put a really nice little bow on everything, and then we'll get, it was get so to beautiful. that in a second. And you're absolutely right. But let's 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 go back to uh, what happened. Is basically Brad Pitt's character. He's done a couple flops. They're not doing well. He can tell. People are trying to be super polite to him, mm-hmm. and he can tell he's at a party. He's over. been in a traveling in Europe. That was another thing. He was traveling in Europe, so he doesn't really hear the news, right? Right. And he's there, and everyone's like, "How you doing, buddy?" Everything. And I right. realized it was like you hey, too. What the hell? How bad is this movie? Would someone, please tell me what the fuck is going on. Right, and right. no one will tell him the honest right. truth, which is part of what we've been discussing has been part of the issue right and so finally he sees a piece that's written in the in the column and it's from the critic who's the only person who will actually tell him the truth of what's happening right and she's and and she's and she gives a a nice good speech about like you've had your run you're done you're gonna be done at some point you're done now yep and that's how it goes that's how it goes that's the nature of the beast nature of the beast right and and then so he realizes this but this also at the same time this 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 has part of his identity in some way and he's it was a little bit strange because i figured like of all the people it seems like he could see like okay i'll retire i'll go fishing or whatever you know like something like that but he can't right it was really sad 
Yeah. It is sad. Well, the thing is, I think that what he, what he says when he, well, the reason why he fights with his wife and everything like this is like, he really believes in this as art and he's fought his whole life to keep it that way and to, to be keep, an artist, right. to be an artist. And now, right. and then, he doesn't and then have he, especially the other one is like, he fights with, he, he has like three or four wives throughout this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of them is a, a stage actor who's very noble about being a stage actor. He's right. like a hundred thousand people see your uh, play. It's yeah. a massive success. It's a complete flop for me. You're, it's a flop. Go back to your fucking Eugene O'Neill, blah, blah, blah. Right. And it's like, just basically bull. And it's like, oh, he's right. You know, you can't. This is just, meaningful to people. This right. is meaningful to people. It was right. an amazing, uh, uh, amazing scene. And so, um, he basically, after she gets that speech from the critic, and then he's having a dinner and he's, uh, wandering around and he goes to the bellboy. And again, it's this mirror of the girl trying to get his attention mm-hmm. in some ways about, you know, with the cleavage scene, which you mentioned earlier. Right. And he goes to the boy and he goes, what's the biggest tip you ever got? And he goes, $50. He goes, $50? Who gave you that? You did. Uh, you did. <laughs> you did, sir. <laughs> that was so well done. Yeah. Yeah, Such great. a great line. You and he realizes that was great. Brad Pitt. He's just yeah. so charismatic. and so- yeah. yeah. He's, he is. He is. A, a a warm glass of whiskey. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he's just incredible. He's just incredible. Yeah. So yeah, um, like it, he he but takes he does the, that. Gives, he gives him fifty dollars. Yep. And goes uh, upstairs. Goes upstairs and he gives him his whole wallet. Gives, That's yeah, the just tale. huge wad of money. He, get, he goes takes to his this, room. everything out of his wallet and gives it to him. That's yep. where I was like, oh no, I know exactly what he's going to do. Yep. Because William Hurt in the movie Scandal. Mm, Brent, right, right, right. The Perfumo thing where he yep. takes his life. Yeah, same kind of like tip tip off like that, yep. and goes up into his room. We see through the crack in the door, bang, shoots himself, and that's that. Yeah. And uh, and it's the like it's the it's the death of a certain uh, uh, level of class and art in film. Did you, did you notice the little tip too that he leaves the door open that way they don't break the door down trying to get to him after they mm-hmm. hear the bullet. Yep, it's a nice touch. Nice touch. Yeah, it's a, there's a there's a it's a, it's very sad. He's a, he's like he represents a certain era and a certain classiness of film, and you know that that is go out um, while you're on top. By yep, that's that. That's that. That's Lights that. out. Yep. So then, to finish it off, just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Manny, go back to 1952. We skip mm-hmm. ahead to 1952. Manny has wife, hairs receding. Yep. He has a kid. He, has, he had speak, fled to Mexico. He, he fled to Mexico. They're speak that he's. They're all speaking Spanish, and they're in Los Angeles touring around. And he's walking around trying to look at the studios. And he's talking to the security guard who also it's is, not a paramount it's not a paramount, it's not a paramount yeah. right yeah 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 he used to live right down the street from that so yeah. did i yeah yeah and they were talking and he's talking to the security guard the security guard and they speak to each other in spanish so they have a little bit more you know connection there and then his wife and his kid is like oh we want to go get ice cream or whatever it's like okay and then he decides to walk into the movie theaters and watch a movie and what movie does he watch Singing in the Rain. Singing in the Rain, 1952. Mm-hmm. 
And what's wonderful about it is that, you know, they showed him the experience of him watching Singing in the Rain. And we've seen that movie. At least the people who are watching this movie will see that movie. I've seen that movie. And we'll talk mm-hmm. about it right after. But as he's watching it, all the things that are happening Singing in the Rain are flashing back to him mm-hmm. as parts of the movie that we just watched. Right. Right. Now, they're all variations on these plot points in Singing in the Rain. Yeah. And then uh, he's just like overwhelmed with emotion as he watches that. And uh, yeah, that's the end of the movie. <laughs> and, and, and this is the key is he's like, initially he's just watching it and he looks sad and then he's involved and then he's crying and then he smiles. And Freaked that's the, end of the, the crane shot, like the diving crane shot up and around like this. Yeah. Yeah, like right. he's he that he smiles in the end of the movie is the judgment of that's Damien Chazelle's judgment on what he has been through. Is it all worth it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow it's still like, all worth it. After all of that, after everything of the ringer that the audience has been through, that uh, after the ringer that uh, Manuel has been through, is it all worth it, Manuel? Yes. That is the uh, that's the affirmation at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it is it is interesting because I mean I won't relitigate it, but I've always thought that La La Land is an anti nostalgia film, and I think you're right. This is this is a nostalgia film. This is the, like this is the this is an this is the the opposite side of the coin, both in terms of tone, uh, and in terms of uh, nostalgia. But it is essentially the same story as La La Land, talking about exactly the same thing. It's just the dark, um. Sp- broken-hearted version of it uh yeah but okay so but nostalgia tends to paint a pretty picture it, this is what i think is fascinating this it does not paint a pretty this picture. is it, like that, that makes it it makes because la la land no in, it doesn't in, it, it's it's just it's nostalgic and it's also it, it's really it's about how life you have no control at times and it's, you have these well, it's, regrets. it's mournful it is yeah. mournful Right. And so like, I think that like what is, what is fascinating to me about La La Land is that the point of the movie is to let go of the past. Right. Um, and it is a very, it's saying fuck the past, even though all of the movie, the movie is in the style of a, a technicolor movie of the past. And this is showing you the opposite. It's showing you hideousness um, on parade. And then in the end it goes, man, I fucking miss that. <laughs> and like wow that's insane i understand that very well <laughs> yeah I, I know that feeling very well and it actually um uh, segues well into a personal experience with i had with with um singing in the rain that i want to get to which is an interesting one so we're going to switch over to singing in the rain Are you guys ready to switch Let's over to it. singing in the rain Let's switch the rain over. Uh, okay, so now we're in singing in the rain. A happier uh, film. <laughs> it is definitely a happier film, but the message is almost identical in a lot of ways, which is mm-hmm. I, which is the point of the last movie, I think. But I do want to point out that this movie is very, very, very important to Hollywood. Oh, and it's a fucking great movie. It's a great movie. It's like it's inarguably a great film. Like it's imp- right. I've never met anybody, people who don't like musicals, are like, well, okay, that one's pretty good. Or no, this is just so, an incredible. Film. I'm actually this is this is the story I want to tell exactly. So, uh, this is a, a 
film uh, that I, you know, I've loved many, 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 many times. And I've actually, when I lived in in Greece, I think you guys remember that we had very little TV, uh, but they like to play old American movies on Saturdays or Sundays or whatever it was. So I constantly watched old 1940s, 50s, and 30s musicals constantly. Lots of Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, lots of that kind of stuff. So to me, this was all very familiar and I kind of enjoyed it mm-hmm. as, a, as part of my American history upbringing in that time, right? Which was kind of a strange thing. So, uh, but what was, I, I remember sort of, you know, so I was singing in rain. I love singing in rain, right? Because I saw that as a kid as a specific way. But I, I was in, uh, when I went to architecture school, I had some electives and I took some other classes uh, that I could do. And I took a, uh, one of the, I took a couple of film classes and one of them was a film history class. And we had to watch singing in the rain as part of the film history class. Mm-hmm. Right. And think about this. It was probably 1995, 96, whatever. Right. And there was some guy in the class who just basically said, this is why such a stupid film. Why people just break out in a song or whatever? Oh man! And I'm like, you don't get <laughs> just like fucking shoot me, <laughs> right? And I, and I was like, and this was when the time when like uh, 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 Pulp Fiction was very popular, and that's what they went. To. They went to see shocking right. Pulp of Fiction, course. blood, craziness, right? Yeah, intensity. And then this is the not. This is just fun. This is yeah. just happiness and joy and entertainment. Right. That remember there was a whole thing called that's entertainment. Yep. Right. And and to me, that was what was so fascinating. I was like, this is a great film. And th- and on top of that, through the veil of all of that fun stuff, they're mm. telling you about Hollywood, a story that is very very important. Yeah, the real history of Hollywood. Yeah. And it was a fascinating thing to see that guy just like. Give me more gangsters or, you know what I mean? It was like something mm. about well, it. Yeah. Like this stuff is always true. It's like whatever the, the, whatever the style is of the moment is going to have the most ardent defenders, even amongst, you know, the people that consider themselves to be the cutting edge of film that have no interest in what film is like they're interested in this being hip and being no, stylish. Just, it's the film of the present. They, it's the film no of the sense moment. Of history. Yeah. Right. And like the, and, and it's like I, when I always say it with, you know, with all it's, and, and this works both ways, by the way, because like, there's so many people that I talk to are just like, you know, you know, you see some new movie, you know, some brilliant new movie and uh, people are just like, oh, well, it's not like the old movie. It's not like the Bogart films or the, you know, the, you know, French blah, blah, it's blah, no or whatever. Domino it's, principle. it's no whatever it is. Like, this is just, you're just wearing, um, art as jewelry when you're doing that like you're picking a thing that you think is classy and you're wearing it to look good like that's all that's happening like if if i don't when i watch an old movie i don't like the old movie because it is old it's like oh look at how fucking badly made this is or how shitty the film grain is and isn't it silly or funny that it's in this in this old style of acting like like i like it because i like it i would i like it because it's good you know, and this is when it comes down to like, there's a new, uh, like, you know, like, uh, when they, they're making a new Star Trek show that tries to ape the style of the old series. And I'm just like, 
when they were making the old Star Trek, they weren't trying to make it stupid. <laughs> like they just didn't have a lot of money. Like they were trying to write well and do a it's good the job. Best they could. Yeah. This is where they were at. And you have to be, if you like it, you have to like it from that. Not because it's fucking kitschy and stupid. Like then you're just patting yourself on the back for being smart or better or rich or whatever it is. And so when I hear things like this with the Pulp Fiction, like I love, I mean, Pulp Fiction is a great film. It's a great film. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But um, under, but, but if that's you can't a different see film. Both, yeah, exactly. You can't see that, that, that Sing in the rain is a great film. Even if you like it or don't like it, if you can't see that it's great, um, then you probably don't like film very much. Right. Like, there's you know who people, I guarantee likes singing in the rain. Quentin Tarantino. Quentin. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Guarantee. 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 He likes singing in the rain. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. yeah, absolutely true. Absolutely true. It was. Yeah. It's just. It's just something that like. I don't like people breaking out into song in the middle of a thing. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah well, that's fine. If you don't like, if you know, if a movie, if a kind of movie isn't your thing, like, yeah, if you don't like David Cronenberg movies, that's fine. Doesn't make any difference, you know. But like, it's very hard to look at the movie and say that's badly done, like this isn't valid. Like, yeah, it's, it's just right. not my thing. It's okay. If it's not your thing, but thinking that it's bad because it's not the way, you know, not something that you particularly enjoy is right. not where very well thought through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, there's something about, about it. And then there was something interesting about it as well, because I mean, I, as I mentioned before, it was like, we used to watch, there was a lot of Fred Astaire and Ginger Roger films that we mm. watched for some reason. Right. And whenever a Gene Kelly film would come on, he was like the grittier. Yeah, he's the working man's dancer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And by the way, I highly recommend you go back and look at some of these movies again and realize how effing good they were at dancing. Yeah, how hard it is to dance like that. Oh, it's fucking incredible. That was the visual effects of the time. Exactly, dude. Exactly. I love Love, love Gene Kelly. Love Gene Kelly. He, Gene I mean, Kelly. When they're so on their knees and they're yeah. kicking out, when he and the other guy Donan are just yeah. doing like whatever the guy's name is. Stanley like, Donan. Yeah. yeah. No, no. There was the, the no, sidekick of his. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. The red-haired guy. What's his name? Yeah. yeah and they Donan's were just the director. Sorry. They were <clears> kicking, and yeah. it was just like that's really hard to do. That's really fucking no. Hard the to the do. dancing is so next level. Yeah. So next level. Yeah. Like I, lo- I love uh, Rogers and Astaire as well. They're very, very good. But like um, this stuff, really, there's something about because uh, I love this. I love American Paris. Uh, like any, like any of this uh, on the town ta- on the town. Uh, like Kelly is just like a fucking machine. Did you do New York, New York? No, that's seventy eight. That's no, that's no, the, no. What am I thinking of? Uh, no, it's the, the other. It's like on the him town, and the Sinatra was in it. Yeah, like, and it's the young one, right? Yeah, we're in the Navy. One? What's what's yeah, that movie? Go, we're thing in is, the Navy. Yeah, no, uh, it's um anchors away. Anchors Away or something Anchors like that. Away. It's on the town and Anchors Away. Basically the same movie. Right. Um, and it, it's, you know, like these these movies, like, it's just like the insane fucking skills. And of course, when you read about the production of Singing in the Rain, like, it was a hard, hard shoot. And because Kelly was, uh, he was a taskmaster. He like co-directed he, it. Yeah, he co-directed and wrote it. And produced it. <laughs> yeah, like, he was like, we are going to do this 200 fucking times until it's perfect. You know, and yeah. uh, on and, the town, yeah, on the, town. on the town, on the town is great. And he, I, I'm just like, wait, I 
that was Cedric Gibbons was the art director on that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And who, on the town, it's also, oh, go ahead. Who, and I'm going to share with everybody, Cedric Gibbons. He designed the Oscar. Oh, he that's awesome. also has a beautiful home. And his nephew is Billy Gibbons. There you go. That's cool. Of ZZ Top. Yeah, that's a great little connection. That's where he got all his ideas for ZZ Top is through his uncle Cedric. That's great. That's super great. And uh, and also on the town and anchors away are influences on my the my favorite dance sequence in any movie in fifty years, which is in uh, is the uh, the swinging dingy sequence in uh, uh, in Hail Caesar. Oh, but, yes, uh, <laughs> you're headed out to sea, head as far as we can see. <laughs> like that is one of the funniest, best staged dance sequences of all time, and uh, and it owes it all to uh, uh, to uh, 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 anchors away. <laughs> so yeah, I love I love this stuff. But in when uh, Debbie, um, oh, what's her Reynolds. face? Uh, Debbie Reynolds said that when they were doing the. Uh, a good morning sequence. She was dancing. They did that and redid it and redid it and redid it until her feet were bleeding into her shoes. Wow. Uh, to get that shit right, you know, and, uh, and you know, it shows <laughs> like the, 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 these, these sequences are of the greatest things ever filmed. And, uh, so when you look back at Babylon, like the level of shit you go through to turn out, uh, something that is so uh, breezy, you know, like the in, the insanity you go through to turn out something that is just like makes the audience laugh, and then that's it. Is just wild. Yeah, Debbie yeah. Reynolds in her bleeding shoes doing the fortieth take on uh, on Good Morning. <laughs> She's yeah. like still got the same smile on her face, still rocking it. It's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really hard. Uh, um, I'm going to quickly grab something, guys, if that's okay. Yeah, good. Okay. All right. I'll Hold switch. on one second. I'll switch to Dan and I on the video feed here. Um, but yeah, so th- this, this, this was like, to me is, I, I love this stuff. Like I love yep. these things and I love this genre and I love Gene Kelly and he's, he's a, you know, not as, swanky and elegant as Fred Astaire. He's a little more stocky. Right? That's what you like about him. He's a physical dude, man. He's, he's like physical, a gymnast. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a little short. Mm-hmm. Looks like maybe, you know, but somehow he's just like, he's got a little, it's like he, he, he just, Fred Astaire doesn't need to try as hard. Gene Kelly just, in order to just make sure it works, he's going to go an extra, a little bit more. He's just going to fucking do it. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, like, it, it's like the, like, and he makes it no matter how many times they've done it, he makes it seem so easy. It's insane. Oh, effortless. You know, and like, I, I still look at that bit when he leaps up to the lamppost in the classic Staying in the Rain sequence. Right. I'm like, it just looks like he just floats. Just like, eh, it's almost like he's on wires and he's not on wires. He just goes boing and then spins around the lamppost. You know, yeah. and then I saw the the trailer for the new Willy Wonka with um, uh, what's his name, uh, Timothy uh, Chalamet, and no, I like Timothy Chalamet. Um, I don't. Uh, the, this new Wonka is not hitting with me. Uh, and when he spins around the lamppost and you can see that he is on wires, I was like, 
this just makes me feel embarrassed. Like I've seen this, I've seen like we used to be able it. to do this without wires. <laughs> exactly. Like, but at the same time, do it. you know, people died. Yeah. It's, I know, <laughs> this is, this is the Babylon this of it, right? It's just like how, how hard, how much are you willing to, how far are you willing to go to get, uh, to get it in the lens? Yeah. You know, but what's that? So I think that's, what's interesting, right? So if you look at, you know, obviously we look at Babylon as like, oh yeah, what if we shot singing in a rain and told you a story, but then left in all the horrible parts? Yeah, right? exactly. Like, exactly. All the fucking insanity that made but this they happen. They do hint. They do hint at the lie of Hollywood a lot. Yes. No, they don't hint. They just pretty much tell you. Yeah, the but lie. they make it funny. They make it sweet. They make it funny and silly. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Yes. So the plot of singing in the rain. Here we oh, go. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. I mean, seriously, uh, you, all three who of us. Is it, Jason, thing? I know, who's like the only one who chats in our chat anymore. Everyone else, there's actually quite a few people listening, but none of them seem to want to chat. But That's if right. any of you seen Singing in the Rain before or not seen Singing in the Rain, because it seems kind of hilarious right? Uh, that, that we need to talk about. But it is it is uh, a movie uh, that is, uh, like I said, very important, 1952. Somehow I always... It wasn't until recently, you know, like if you, if you'd asked me like when the singing rain came out, I would have said 45, right? Right. 52 seems late. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And, it, and the thing is, it does feel like a fifties movie, but not in a shitty way. Uh, Eric, like, you're muted. I don't hear you. If you look at the staging uh, at the end sequence, uh, that was so early fifties, um, color palette and design. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, like and, the gotta uh, dance bit, right? Gotta dance is uh is one hundred percent that's that is fifties a go go right there. Yes. Right? And but it's, if you it, think about that, if you look okay, so fifty two, right? Mm-hmm. So okay. Uh what what year are we? Twenty twenty three, right? Mm-hmm. I heard. Uh what's go back eighteen years that'd be two thousand five? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Singing in the Rain, the jump between Singing in the Rain and Easy Rider is 18 years. That is crazy. Crazy. That's Think crazy. about that. Yeah, that's crazy. That's how much of a gear shift that shit was. That's like, how much of time, like how fast that art evolved. Yeah. And how, like 2005, not much di- different from today. No. No. Except same, now we same. lecture people a lot more yeah, on movies. No doubt. No, we lecture like, people constantly. This, uh, like that's as big. A, uh, that's as if you went from I don't know the Godfather to Avatar two in that same. It's just like you just go, how did what happened? Right. <laughs> like it's just crazy. It's a crazy, crazy leap, you know. But thanks to the fall of the studios, which is also part of that story. The uh, fall of the studios is part of that story. Yeah. Uh, that they were trying to be a cautionary tale, which happened not long after that, and we are. Mm-hmm. We are right now in a boy major are we. boy are we studio collapse. What's funny because I mean, like, we what do you think the this. first one is? Sorry, you go, Dan. I was just going to say they, it's, it's funny because Martini John's been talking about this for you know, like what four years, years at least. Well, we right? keep telling people it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Ever since the beginning of our podcast, I mean, it was going to. I mean, at some point like, we were going to be. It was right. clear that it was on the horizon, <laughs> but even then, even though we we've been saying we could feel it, we could feel it it's now happening. It's so, it's just like, Oh shit, it's really happening fast now. Like it's just sudden. Yeah. Like once ever that's like Paramount, yeah. Paramount, uh, you know, has two more years left in Paramount plus blah, blah, blah. The giant actor strikes. Everything's fucked. I was like, man, once that domino fell, 
it it starts falling quick. <laughs> like, yeah. This Do you is think they're going to settle by September? No. No, I don't think so. I might be wrong. But uh, no, I, think I don't think anyone's I mean, spending I think at all. The, 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 literally, it's going to go to Christmas. The producers are not even answering phone calls. Yeah. Yep. It's their hardcore. And, uh, and they're not answering phone calls. No, they're it's, not even. Uh, if you listen to what the the the, the SAG guys are saying, like <laughs> Fran, Fran Drescher, yes, Fran Drescher, my good Bobby Fleckman, the most. Bobby, the so, so, so if you look so up, okay, so there are two people. Okay, <laughs> I want to so know. I'm just a, a humble brag. Well, maybe humble not brag. so humble. Yeah, yeah. but uh, there's two people that are in the SAG group that you see all the time. This Fran Drescher and this guy named Duncan. Um, uh, uh, Irish, some, whatever. He's the COO of SAG, right? Mm -hmm. He's been on my podcast. Yeah, baby. Nice. So nice. he in 20, right early 2020, he's like one of the last podcasts I did before we went into to lockdown, right? I did a, a thing with him as part of our digital humans going to be a threat to, to actors. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'll have you on. He's like, let's talk about it. So he was on the podcast and we talked about it. It was a great episode. Highly recommend you go back to that. But, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but yeah, uh, yep. really he's, so whenever you see like the SAG people talking, it's Fran Drescher and Duncan. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, mm. uh, Duncan's interesting. He's actually a lawyer, uh, by trade. Interesting. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But who yeah, would have thought Fran Drescher? I love it. I love a freaking it. hard ass. Yeah, she's great. It's funny. She's like she's a smart chick. As as I've as I've made noise about, it, I think that it makes think some that, noise, Dan. Like I think that uh, some of the things they're arguing about are not going to go in their way, no matter what. <laughs> go their way, no matter what. Um, and uh, I think that, uh, especially as concerns things like AI. Um, People have to sort of get their heads on straight about that because it's going to change in a different way. So that's that's my feelings yeah. on it. But um, yeah, yeah. We'll, but we'll, it we'll, is it is certainly it is certainly tipping quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I should note it's actually going to be very easy to go through the plot of Singing in Rain because we pretty much already covered it in Babylon. It are very similar plots. Yeah, but I'm going to go we can, through it. We can a, say it very quickly. Just we're going to go through it, it very fairly quickly, but also tip on the how it's different and why it's different and right. sort of interesting parts of it, right? Uh, and uh, uh, one of the things I think was interesting about you know the, the, the movie is, is, is basically starts off with like it's the big red carpet lie, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right, and so the carpet is going to be like oh we're all sitting here talking about how great this movie is and the big stars are showing the up stars are here and they're secretly in love and they're secretly in love. <laughs> right. Uh, and, but no, one of them is not so, you know, like one of them is, Oh, you don't remember this guy. Right. And they're right. like, Oh, right. But then, uh, Gene Kelly and, um, what's her name? Uh, uh, Debbie uh, Reynolds, Debbie Reynolds, Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds, of course, for those of you who don't know is, uh, uh, um, Carrie Fisher's Carrie Fisher's mother, right? right. Uh, can you sit properly and put the yep. mic towards you? One second, sorry. <laughs> there you go. There Me? you go. No. Uh, and so, uh, so, so they show up, and they said, "Oh, tell us about the secret of your success." And he's like, "Oh, well, you don't. It's a long story." And then he starts going through it and describing it, and he's describing the story 
in a very highfalutin, like, oh, so well-trained, et cetera. Right. We're fabulous. Well, of course. Well, of course. We well, of course, right. you know, I was trained to do this and dance classes and musicians. And what's showing on the screen as he's doing this is the fact that they were all vaudeville awesome. and silliness the whole time. It was not. Mm-hmm. Right. The, contradictory the, editing. Contradictory editing, as, yes. as you say, right? And it's him and his buddy that were doing this for a long time. And at which point he met the actress, right, who was on set when he first worked on set. And he started off as a stunt guy or started off as an extra Fine. and then became a stunt guy because he was willing to smack himself around and do crazy right. stuff. Fall downstairs, go fly Fall through Fall downstairs things, and do whatever. And they're like, yeah, great. You're hired. And it's like, you know what? I saw what you did. You can be on the next movie, right? And he tries to talk to the girl. The girl who's supposed to be his girlfriend, right? right? Who's another the, famous the, actress. The star, the glittering star. It's basically supposed, to be, supposed to be Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers type mm-hmm. of scenario, right? Mm-hmm. With this other star. And the whole time while this is all going on is you don't – she never says anything. Right. She's about to say something and he stops her from saying anything and talks, et cetera, et cetera, right? Uh, and so that scenario sort of plays itself out. Uh, and then they see the movie. It's a silent movie, 1920s. Again, same plot. <laughs> and they're like, that was amazing. Yay. And they come up for their bows, at which point he says something. She tries to say something. He inter, he stops her, says something else. It's like, we should just leave, et cetera, et cetera. Go back off stage. And then she starts talking. And she starts walking like this, and you realize, oh my god, she's got a horrible voice. Well, and it's like, it's literally like, uh, like, jeez, fellas, how come I'm? And you're just like, it's so arch so and so bad. piercing. She sounds like a cartoon character, right? And, yeah, and I and do want to like, say, you this think is... I'm some kind of some kind of a dumb blonde, I'm just some kind of <laughs> right? And, yeah. and this is played, by the way, by this actor named Gene Hagen, and she is fucking hysterical, and she's great in everything. You will ever see her in, but you'll only remember her from this. She's also right. in uh, Asphalt Jungle. She's great in Asphalt yeah. Jungle. She's great in uh, what, what else? Panic in the Year Zero and Adam's Rib. She is absolutely terrific. Yeah, she's and cruising. My God, when she played the pinball machine, the, uh, <laughs> it's just, she's terrific. Uh, and the person she reminds me of now, when you see this movie, is Mackenzie Davis, who is mm. the star of. Um, she's in Twenty Forty Nine, Blade Runner Twenty Forty Nine, and she's in um, Station Eleven. So if you like Mackenzie Davis, see this same, same personality, same kind of actor. Fantastic. Yeah. She was very, she was very good. Yeah. Very, funny. um, and very funny. Right. So the point is the studio has been hiding her to, because there's a persona that she has on screen that does not match her actual persona because of, uh, her sort of she sounds lower like class. New Jersey accent or or right. not New, whatever it is, right? Which is basically the same thing as Babylon, right? Right. Same same idea. Uh but him and his buddy are still sort of trying to figure things out at this point. Um then he tries to escape from the studio and and, and it, it, this is this is very 1940s 40s 50s comedy where he's like, "Ah, oh, you know, trying to get out." And he ends up in Debbie Reynolds' car, as they're trying to, he's trying to get to a party, and she, and uh, you know they have a confrontation. She uh, mocks 
him. She's like, oh, my God, you are this famous person. But then mocks him for being a famous person. Right. And said so, so, like, no, yeah, I'm interested in this that. bullshit. Yeah, I'm a real Hollywood actor. nonsense. Blah, I'm a blah, real blah. actor. I'm on stage. I say yeah. things. I use lines. I actually, yeah. you know. Yeah. Right. And of course, she is also lying. <laughs> she's also lying. Right. <laughs> right. Right. She's also lying because he ends up going to a party. And was funny because I was looking at that party. and was like, this is the super tame version of the same party of the same party. Exactly. The dancing right? girls popping out of the cake. Yeah. Because okay. she ends up becoming Debbie Reynolds ends up a, being a girl that pops out of a cake, mm-hmm. <laughs> which mm-hmm. is really funny. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, should note just before she jumped out of a cake, uh, the studio executive shows them the jazz singer, mm-hmm. same exact thing same that happened in Babylon. Point, right. right. Uh, and says, this is going to be big or it's going to be a gimmick. Right. Like stereo. <laughs> you ever right. noticed, like, I think this was also the start of where they portray heads of studios. They're the ones that just do all the exposition and stuff. They're just like, yes, <laughs> that's good. That's good we're point. out of money and we really got to make this. I just saw my banker. So we got to make this scene the work. Studios, come. <laughs> but I think there's exactly. might be an actress out there. It could it be you. I don't know. It's so true, dude. Oh, it's so true. I'm out of ideas. Say, the, what the, do you the, have? Because you're an idea guy. <laughs> the studio executive in this movie this. was the worst actor ever. Oh, like, dude, he died yeah, right, right after that. Oh, oh good. That guy, I'm glad uh, he died. <laughs> well, they're all oh. dead, so it doesn't make a difference. We can joke about that now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Was that a terrible <laughs> thing to say? He, was that a terrible died. thing to say? <laughs> it wasn't terrible. It wasn't nice. He died of his own incompetence. He's such a terrible actor. That's he was so bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is definitely Mr. Effect. Exhibition. That's for sure. You're so nailed funny. it, Eric. Yeah. It's absolutely true. It was so strange. He's like, what are we going to do about this terrible problem that I'm about to detail? And I've got one week and only $500,000 left. We've got to make it happen. We've got to find a girl that has a sultry voice. And we need one guy who can compose and be an orchestra leader. We'll never find that in time. Not in Wait a minute. You are? But, sir. Shut up. What do you know about that? That's blah, like blah, blah, Bye Bye Birdie. You yeah. know, it's like they started, took all that kind of quick exposition to move it along. Dump it right on the table. Who cares? They, they, bye Bye Birdie yeah. did that kind of crap. It was like, ugh. No, oh, it's so funny, dude. It's so funny. All right. Uh, <laughs> That's instead of like the silent movie, somebody should just make the exposition movie. The exposition. Where all these, ex, all these great actors. Christopher Nolan come, does that. What are you talking about? <laughs> Sorry. I love Nolan. I just had to make the joke. I gotta tell you, my, my favorite, my funniest exhibition stories is uh, is uh, um, in the Matrix, their first Matrix, right? Mm, right. I went to go see that with Karen, and uh, we were, you know, uh, she was watching the whole thing, and she had to really go to the bathroom, and she went, like, she's like, oh, there was a slow part, because, you know, it's action, 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 it's the Matrix. It's like, I gotta go, and so it's a slow part, so she raced out to go to the bathroom, and it was the scene... <laughs> Where he explains that everyone's a battery, right? Yeah, yeah, which right, is right. like the kind of like explains the whole thing. Like it, right. it tells you why this whole movie is happening. And she comes back; she missed the whole thing. It's like you missed the four thing. minutes of the most important part of the yeah, exhibition exactly. that you needed to know about what the hell is going on. Okay, you're probably wondering why you woke up in a tub of KY jelly. Let me start. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it getting uh, green? <laughs> so anyway, uh, so anyway, she jumps out of the cake. So at which point she, he reveals to her that she's been lying the whole time, right? 
and then she does a number. Now, granted, listen, the dancing is so good. Oh, oh she's yeah. so good. Thank you. It's great. Even 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 when things are supposed to be bad in this movie, they're good. <laughs> like, um, so it's good. Yeah, it's perfect. So good, right? And he gets really into her. Uh, uh, they get into a fight in the party, um, and uh, there's a big thing going on with the uh, you know them fighting about stuff. Uh, but uh, she ends up trying to throw a cake at him, mm-hmm. at which point he dodges out of the way, and she throws a cake into his fake girlfriend uh, co-star, right? Which point if she hates the girl and is doing all, everything in her effort to uh, get out of the way of that. So no. um, uh, basically what happens now is that uh, they are, he's trying to find her. The co-star hates her and the other woman is just trying to get away from the situation, Right. Uh, but at this point, same time, they decide, no, we need to turn uh, the jazz singer was a huge hit. We need to turn the movie we're currently making into a talkie. We're shutting down the studio. We're redoing everything. Right. Which like, was, who can do this and who can do that? <laughs> right. 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 Like, right. We don't have time for that. I'm I'm but a studio. Is, by, by the way, <laughs> there's a great number. So the thing that's interesting about Singing in Rain is that or any of the musicals at that time, is they just sort of randomly interrupt stories uh-huh. with musical numbers yeah. that are but don't, have you noticed, don't even though, need to be in Loosely there. connected. Yes. It's like, but did you, know you notice that they really, there was a di- time where the whole movie, it's like the first act, there was no dancing. Right. right. There is right. no dancing. Well, there's, no, 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 no. There is some dancing when they, vaudeville. the vaudeville stuff. Right. right. Yeah. But there's no number. Number with the with the yeah. with the with the was violins was amazing. Yeah, it's pretty. That was cool hard to do. Yeah, that's pretty good stuff. One hundred percent. Yeah, but but uh, but no. Then 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 just to jump the cake stuff that where she jumps out of the cake and they're all, they're all doing stuff, which is a small number. Mm-hmm. But then make them laugh. That was that's, a yeah. That's the big showstopper for Donald O'Connor. What's his name? Donald, Donald O'Connor. I think his name something is something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Make them laugh. Make them laugh. That's a crazy number. It's been like I mean, it's wall bananas. Like, the wall jumping yeah. that he does, and it's it, like the it, wall it, jumping. That's always been my favorite. That construction scene where they're on set. Yeah, it's great. And like this is a what's really interesting about this scene is that like it's like it's not directly related to the plot. It's thematically related to the plot, right? Like it's essentially the theme of the movie, which is like look at the shit that I do to make you laugh. Right. And that is also the theme of Babylon. Like this dance sequence, even though it's not directly, uh, it doesn't motivate anything. It's the thing that sort of says the premise of the film, which is like the fucking extent that we go to, to put on this show for you is sort of insane. And then you're watching, uh, Donald O'Connor, like beat the shit out of himself for a comedy song to the point where you're like, are you sure you want to be doing that, dude? <laughs> like, right. that's insanity. It's insanity. He makes a big number out of of putting himself in danger of breaking his own neck. It's fantastic, right? And the stunts that he does—it's just yeah. insane. And a lot of it is in one take. Like, it's just kind of crazy what he's doing. You yeah. know, yeah, it's uh, the bet. coordination of all that stuff and how they made it all happen it was just kind of amazing. Yep. Uh, the make him laugh sequence, I was always like, oh my God. And, you know, just watching it again uh, the other day, I was like, I, I, 
kind of incredible. Kind yeah. of incredible. Yep. Yeah, I love it. I don't um, think it's a moment. I don't think there's a song in this movie that I don't love. Every sequence is very. It's pretty much my favorite of all time. Right. Right. Really good stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, but also I should <laughs> that before that whole sequence, it was the exact thing that they did in uh, 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 Babylon, uh, where you had all the different movies being filmed in these yeah, little arcades, stage after like stage almost after stage. exactly just like yep. in Singing in the Rain. So they're right. like did this whole thing where they're like all talking to each other, right? Uh, which is uh, pretty funny, right? Um, but uh, so anyway, so that that's that's what happens uh, uh, there, and then. Uh, where we go? Okay. Uh, where was I? Uh, what's the next thing that happens? Sound. They have to do sound. Right. And so right? they're worried about like the singing, the singing, the singing, the singing right? uh, well, no, well, they they're not worried about the singing. They're just trying Her to voice. record sound. Right. right? So and they change it. They suddenly change to a sound stage and they mm-hmm. have to record things. And it's the same thing. Like the microphone is here talking to the microphone. So thus I felt so much sympathy to the guy who's like, the microphone is here, talk right. into it, because she keeps going left and right, which is exactly what I deal but with I you, Daniel, all <laughs> the time, where you're like, I gotta stop. It's like, that is exact. So they showcase that in Singing in the Rain. You know, what I should just say is when you start doing that, I'm just going to say, Singing in the Rain. And then, then you need to know just talking to the microphone. I'm a, I'm, I'm a Roman. So, well, so the problem, yeah, well, anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> Says she doesn't know what the hell's going on. And, she, and first of all, she has a terrible voice. Oh, that was another thing that was funny. They did a whole thing. It's like diction people are now being higher right. in Hollywood. Yeah, Moses yeah. supposes. Moses supposes his toes are roses, right? Moses supposes erroneously. Yep. <laughs> yep. Right. That's an, another, another great, great sequence. musical yep. sequence. Yeah. Uh, uh, so they're, they're the learning. Most supposes is good. Yeah. So Moses supposes is a good, is a good piece. Like that's an, that's another beautifully, co- like those two guys in particular work so well together. Like, uh, uh, Don- uh, Donald is like, he's the, he's the B guy, but he's working just as hard as Gene Kelly is. And like, you're looking at Kelly, but all the rhyming actions are being done by, uh, Donald O'Connor. And it's just like, I can't imagine. Like that must've been, a week and a half to shoot that shit. Like, is you know that, that Gene Kelly is not going to let that die. No one's going home until they do that right. Right. Right, right, right. So, um, uh, so that's the, 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 the basic thing, you know, that's going on there is that they're trying to learn how to work with sound. There are many, many sound fouls that happens. Same thing where the executive walks into the thing. Like, there is... Exact scenes that are happening that are between yeah. Babylon and Singing in the Rain. Does anyone hear a squeaking? A squeaking? Anyone? A squeak. Anyone? Right. There's a pin in her foot. Could you please not move your foot? <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't remember. I actually now that you say that, I don't even remember which movie that was from because they were so similar. There's so, so, yeah, it, that's from uh, Babylon. <laughs> the director can't have to sit in the chair. Yeah. All right, I'm going to say something real now. Right now, Eric, are you looking at our Twitch stream? No. Okay. Go back to our Twitch stream and go back to eating. Oh, Chris, stop that. Every time I have to switch cameras because it looks like you're blowing Dan. 
Like I, I don't know what to, the problem is here. Every this is entertainment. This is the whole idea. People pay for this. They, they have subscriptions based on this very thing. Every time, Chris, stop. It's I'm not stopping. Like I, it's hard for me to like. Oh God, I think you, this is I going think down. You really on just need to change the background picture till it's something appropriate for what's yeah. happening. That's what you need to do. And I'm just, I know, but it's hard. Put some, put like, some oh nice God, dim lights back here. Yeah, it's nice and romantic. It's going to be good. They can very, always change the start time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's four, four I in the morning could for change you. the start time. You're absolutely right. I could change the start time, but you know, it doesn't. You know, I it doesn't matter. I ate so, a lot of scrambled eggs and beans before this, so we're lucky that it's going through it all. It's <laughs> be an entirely different podcast. Um. So. Uh. Anyway. So we're. we're Funny, we're talking about difficulties in production. This is exactly what we're dealing with right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Eric. I'm just, no. I was just trying to make a joke about it. Um, anyway, uh, so <laughs> sound problems happen. They look at it and it's a big fiasco. They go to the theaters. They're all in quote unquote disguise as they're watching their first talkie and they're all laughing at them the same way they were laughing at Brad yes. Pitt in the movie. Because you can like, hear every single squeak of the you know like every time that was actually moved, a great like, sequence like this the way, yeah. the way yeah. they did it with the, how the voices were distorted so funny. oh and the pearls so the pearls were also clattering pearls yeah, yeah 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 and and his acting is like goofball and everything like everything is terrible everything yeah. is terrible yeah it's all terrible oh because I he forgot. says What's i want to change the lines like i normally say it on the movie is like okay sure change it and it's like that sounds terrible realizing that lines should be not just improvised on the spot. They should be planned out. Correct. Yes. Right. Right. Which I think is also pretty funny. So. Did uh, Rita Moreno just die? What? Uh, no. No. She's. Wait. Sid Charisse. Sid Charisse, maybe? Sid, Sid Charisse. Uh, Still alive. No, 2008. There you go. Sid Charisse died in 2008. Yeah, I thought Reno. Um, We're going to talk about Sid Charisse because uh, this is the the scene that's behind me right now. That's a Sid Charisse moment. She's beautiful. Yeah, she's amazing. Puerto Rican. Uh, yeah, she, then this scene is just one of the best dance numbers like of all time. It's just incredible. Yes. No. Yep. Uh, I have problems with it, but I love it at the same time. Why do you uh, have problems with it? I, we'll get into it. But we'll, we haven't we haven't reached that part the of the story lead. yet. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, uh, there is a, uh, anyway, so, uh, okay. So sound problems, they realize they're being mocked at which point they have a sort of a tete-a-tete and then, uh, about what they should do to make movies better. And they realize music, (laughs) Mm. we need music. Right. And they realize like, ah, we figured it out. Let's make it a musical because that's what we should do. Right. Um, and then they do, and it was like, we've been talking all night and they do the, uh, good morning, good morning song, which is another great piece. Yeah. Like they're all so <laughs> huge best classic album. pieces, yep. right? Yep. Yep. Uh, huge classic pieces in terms of, uh, in terms of filmmaking, uh, which all is they really- do is dream of you. I'm looking up, make them laugh. Moses fit as a fiddle. Good morning. You yep. are my lucky star. Right. Which is uh, used in Alien. That's the song she sings to keep herself calm in Alien. In the end of Alien. You are my lucky, lucky star. star. Yep. Yep. So, um, 
so anyway, so they, they decided they're going to make a musical. And at which point they sort of evolved the whole process about making a musical. Now, what am I trying to remember where they go from there? They dub it. And then the girl gets angry. Oh, right. Yeah, because she oh, can't right, 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 right. be recorded. Right, right. That's right. It's horrible. So they, so they decided the they're going to, uh, they're going to include her in the musical, but because she's so terrible, yep. they're going to use Debbie Reynolds as the voice yes. and have her dub over all of her lines. Like, and it was the first time that they figured out dubbing, like, like right. the invention of dubbing kind of like right. happened in this film, right? Right. And so like, like the audience will think that it is naturally, uh, the lead's voice, but it's actually Debbie Reynolds singing behind the scenes. Right. And so they do this whole thing and her singing is beautiful. Debbie Reynolds singing is beautiful, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. It all happens. And they turn the movie into the dancing cavalier. Yes. Right. Um, so that it's a better, better film. Right. It's, yeah. It's um, a big hit. Right. And it's a huge We got to come hit. up with a name and they scratch their chins. Oh my God! Dancing yeah, that 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 you're that. perfect for screenwriting and being ahead of an orchestra. <laughs> that scene, that's the exact scene that I was talking about, like of like how terrible this stuff is. Like it's just so bad, so bad. Like it's like oh, they're like yeah, let me remind you to give you a raise. So yeah, it was kind of hilarious. Um, but uh. <laughs> All right, where were we? They dub her. They dub her. They make the movie. It's a success, right? They, uh, they're, oh, no. They're, and then it's like, we just got one more number to do. This is my problem, hmm. right? It's like, this is great. We just have one more number to do. And they do the sequence with uh, Sid Charisse mm -hmm. that feels completely out of place. It's a whole different movie. Yeah. It's stylistically it's a, whole, it's a whole different movie. Right. They show it. And then at the end of it, he's like, the studio executive is like, well, I have trouble of kind of envisioning this. We'll just see it when it's done. Like what executive would ever say that? <laughs> like, I have yeah. trouble envisioning your vision, but we'll just see it once it's done. I'm sure that's great. Don't worry. I'm sure it's great. Don't spend a ton it. of money on this. I mean, it's a huge number. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a, it's an entire an, story. It, it's a ballet. Yeah. First yes, of all, it's not a it's not as much a dance thing. It is a dance thing, but mm -hmm. it's a ballet. It's a ballet. Right. It's yeah. an entire sequence of dances that right. tell a story about guy going to the big town to try and make it big, whatever it is, like entire character arc, et cetera, et cetera, with uh, dissolves and, and all sorts of crazy bullshit. She is such a good dancer. It's amazing. Amazing. Sid Charisse and Gene Kelly is like you can't get yeah, much pretty better hot. than that. Yeah. And the she other thing, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Her yeah. moves are perfect. Like yep. the two of them working together is like the oh. best. That's the best. The best. There's nothing, so good. nothing better. Yep. It's the best baby. Yep. But the other thing was, is that, um, I, those guys who played the heavies in the dance number, 
They were tossing the coins, the coins and I was yeah. like, you know, if that was me, I'd be like, oh, I dropped it. Sorry, let's retake. Oh, I'm they sure they dropped so many coins on set. And then they follow them. They're throwing the coins like, God, the sweat on these guys' brows because if <laughs> Please, they God. film and then they cover them. So it's one shot and they're yep. going, dance, 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 fuck up the coins. <laughs> oh, I dropped it. <laughs> like, oh, we'll fix it in post. No, yeah, we can't. No, you will not. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That's work. So, yeah. The coins and the guy's scar was pretty horrible prosthetic. But that's <laughs> yeah, fine. It's silly. It's very silly. <clears throat> but pretty much it's this number where it's like the guy who's like coming to town trying to be a big actor signs up with it. This is a whole ballet right away. Mm-hmm. And it's done as a musical ballet. And he's like, do, do this thing, falls in love with this woman who happens to also be, uh, I don't know, tied to the mob, right? Right, right. Yeah. Does this whole thing. The num- and then does this whole dances with her. She is getting married. He notices her getting married. And then they did this other number where the two of them dance and her wedding dress turns into this massive veil that's got to be like unwinding veil. Long. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, and it's, it's insane. insane. Blowing in the wind. That's just, and like, they use these- it as a prop. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's, it's incredible. Just- yeah. It is like this entire sequence is, I agree, completely disconnected from the actual progression of the Nothing film. Nothing to do with this movie. In That's fact, true. I'm thinking it's like, to do with this I movie. keep forgetting that it's part of Singing yeah. in the Rain because I, I, I it has almost nothing think to do with the story. American Paris. I always think it's part yes. of American Paris. Yeah. That's yeah, what I was great. thinking. It's part yeah. of American in Paris, but it's yeah. not. <laughs> it's not. Exactly. It's this whole other part of Singing in the Rain. Right. And it's, and it's the best number in Singing in the Rain. That's it is. Singing in the Rain. Yeah, it's like by far. Well, it's first of all, it's the most expensive number for sure. It's like, it's like Singing in the Rain is in competition to it with it just because the dancing is so great but this thing by itself is this mega project in the middle of the movie or in the end of the movie and it's the showstopper like it's just incredible and then you're like oh well, it's that very was dreamlike yeah, and it's gorgeous. It's a purpose for that yeah. and it had nothing to do with the dancing cavalier or That's anything fine. to do with singing in the rain it was yep. just like let's throw in a giant broadway let's make a number. great movie greater by making right. this let's incredible get scene. Sid, baby yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. You know what we can do? Get Sid Charisse. Done. Caller, I just saw her. <laughs> That's it. That's it. But yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a dynamite number. I agree it doesn't have anything to do with anything, but who cares? It's fucking amazing. I, I'm, listen, I'm not, I'm saying it's a dynamite number. I'm just like, I keep dynamite. forgetting this. All like, of a sudden you're like, yeah. you know, you're <laughs> It's, dynamite, it's like towards the end of Star Wars, they had like they put on a whole like production of uh, you know Glen Gary Glen Ross, and then back to Star Wars. <laughs> You're like, okay, I mean, it was or, really good. Or like yeah, at the like end that. of uh, <laughs> at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi when they have the dancing with the Ewoks. Oh, I was oh, just yeah. thinking or that. at the beginning <laughs> of the Return of the Jedi when they decided not to have a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, knew I, I knew I was going to get you that way. I knew I was going to get you that way. I hate that stuff, the Ewok stuff. I. Don't get me going. You know what happens. The worst part. <laughs> we don't have that much time left. Yeah. We, that's you know, the beginning of the podcast, so we know. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so that ends up happening. And then they aired, a, they, they showed him aired a movie. They premiered a movie. It's great. And uh, she finds out about, the actress finds out that Debbie Reynolds has been dubbing her voice. It's very upset about it going to ruin her career and uh she insists on going out and singing in front of everybody she's uh, she insists on going out and singing in front of everyone and they're like oh no this is this is not good and they're like realizing they're over a barrel on this one 
And they said, oh, we have an idea. How about you go behind the curtain and sing for her? <laughs> right. Right. Live. It's a Millie Vanilli moment. <laughs> and it, it's the Millie, right? It, it's exactly right. At which point, and that's a, that's a cruel thing to do. Instead of getting Debbie Reynolds in on the gag, they basically tell her, fuck you, do your job. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. but they did Shut it up, on woman. purpose because right. they knew they were already doing that. They right. were in cahoots before. I know, before. but they could have told her to be in on the gag and they, they didn't. didn't have the time. They, because she, I, I noticed that they didn't have the time because they had to go out and quickly. So it was just like, just but they do all it discussed it within themselves for like five seconds before this. She thing. wasn't there. And oh. when she was there, the what other girl was there. <laughs> just a lady, just a right. dumb girl. Just anyway, right. dumb no girl. problems. <laughs> so this is the scene that I put behind Eric and pretty much she is fake. They turn off the, 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 the blonde woman's mic and then Debbie Reynolds is singing in the background. And then they reveal the curtain or raise the curtain, the man behind the curtain, which is Debbie Reynolds, right? So perfect thing, blah, blah, blah. And they have the whole sequence and they uh, joke about it, uh, which uh, pretty much reveals that she is a star uh, at the whole time. And then this whole fiasco happens. But anyway, now obviously they, they fall in love and they end up making the movie Singing in the Rain. <laughs> there it is. Yep, exactly. Great. And then honestly, speaking, the movie Babylon, <laughs> which ended up leading to the movie Babylon. And honestly speaking, I just like, I always loved singing in the rain. I think there was something really wonderful about it because it was subtly telling a kind of dirty down, dirty secret about Hollywood. Yeah, it's great. It's revealing the man behind the curtain is mm-hmm. revealing the fact that people's lives are lies. It's telling all these things while making it all fun and jovial yeah, while well, making the sort of breeziest light the same thing most they're fun thing right. yeah exactly exactly breeziest. Like, it's, it's so true. it's so light i mean like if it's on you're just gonna be like yeah let's watch this fucking movie rocks it's great yeah you know like it makes you feel exactly. incredible watching this movie. It's, it's almost like uh smoking the bandit but a musical version, that's right right i agree easy watching Yep. And there's of course, they don't like, have CBs that in singing in the rain. <laughs> breaker, breaker. <laughs> no, exactly. That's a oh good plan. Oh my god! Yeah, know, I would watch Smokey and the Bandit the musical. No, oh I don't know why god. that doesn't exist. How does that not exist? They should have done that by now. They're made, they're making a musical out of everything else. Carry. Well, once everything becomes AI, we could do that instantaneously. Push we'll the button. No deal worries. Deal with the, the Reynolds estate. That's <laughs> exactly. Fix that in post. Yeah. That. Well, I don't think they're going to be opening the Babylon music in anytime soon on Broadway. That people don't even know that happened. They're probably not going to open the Babylon musical, but I got to say, it was. Um, it's pretty amazing. I'm, not, I'm sorry that Babylon was not a success. Sorry, go ahead, Eric. I'm sorry. Keep going. I, I, I'm sorry that Babylon was not a success, but I'm also super happy that somehow I got made. <laughs> I, I love that it's this weird little movie. I mean, very, very big, very expensive movie that disappeared down the memory hole. Yeah. And I think will be rediscovered at some point. Mm. Like people will be like, what the fuck is this thing? Do you ever see this Brad Pitt movie? And then find it extremely puzzling and then come to like it. I think that that's a, like, it's so completely, it's on prime video for free. And still I'm just like, Oh yeah, I might watch battle on this uh, you know, tomorrow for the show. And people are like, What's Babylon? <laughs> Just like, thought, like Babylon with Margot Robbie. <laughs> so yeah, and Brad wild. Pitt and Brad Pitt. Yeah, exactly. It's insane. And Toby Maguire. Yeah, in the best role of his career. That is just incredible. 
Yeah, I, he totally disappeared off the map for me for a while. Yeah. My favorite Tobey Maguire is still Wonder Boys. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a lovely movie, and uh, he's great in it. But my second favorite is his creepiest, which is Babylon. <laughs> oh, you know, it's also un- underrated or not really remembered. Mm-hmm. This is his uh, 22nd appearance in Tropic Thunder. Oh, God, yeah. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. Yikes. As the gay monk. That's 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 true. That's That's a good one. That's a good one. (laughs) We watched we watched Tropic Thunder recently too, and that was like (laughs) Masterpiece. Masterpiece. That's a movie. Another movie about movies. Yeah. An absolute classic. Absolutely. That is that is now top three Robert Downey Jr. performances right there. Yeah. You guys. What do you mean you guys? What do you you mean you guys? Oh the my best God. was he's like, we're moving on. He's singing the Jefferson's theme song. Yeah. Oh my God. Move it on up. Oh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you singing <laughs> the Jefferson's? Jefferson's? <laughs> That's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. I showed it. So I saw it. Uh, we, we showed it recently to Brady and we, we didn't say anything. And then we'd hold whole sequence and he's watching the end sequence. Mm-hmm. And then comes to the slow realization that Tom Cruise has been in the movie the whole time. The whole time. Mm, magnificent. And I, I was actually <laughs> duped. I, I, were you guys duped yeah. into like Tom I, Cruise? I don't, I don't remember. I think I was. Yeah. I think I was. Yeah, you yeah. Didn't, I didn't realize it was Tom Cruise until yeah. the end. Yeah. No, it's, it's terrific. Yeah. yeah. Incidentally, um, my love for Tom Cruise has only grown the new mission impossible. Really? I like the, I like the new mission impossible movies. I think they're fun. Uh-huh. This movie is fucking terrific. Like Which that one? is the new the Mission Impossible Cruise. movie is Did just you see it? great. Oh my god! Where did you see it? I saw a movie theater right down the street from us. Look, and it's um it it, it is an old school like almost a Cary Grantish um a North by Northwest kind of movie. Oh. It's so much fun. I- uh, it's yeah, insane. I have respect for guys who real people who really love Hollywood. Yeah, this and is I think this is an old like Hollywood Brad movie. Pitt, yeah, and 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 Tom, and Tom Cruise, Cruise. Um, yeah, and maybe Ryan even Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, man. Uh, like I, I really think that this, like this, this is the kind of movie when it's one of those things. It's like just a flavor of movie that you don't see often anymore. Right. Uh, no. And it's such a like it's everything is a big super tense build high drama slightly ridiculous set piece sequence and it's uh it's not even the action it's just the editing it, there's a car chase in there that blew my mind it's oh, just really it's just insane it's I beautiful love the car chase the one in and, italy yeah the one in italy i mean like did you see it chris no i saw the trailer you see the ad though but i mean like it's and it's sort of like um i, I won't ruin anything however eric the the thing that you're going to love is that it's basically Tom Cruise and four of the most attractive, hilariously charming women in in action movie history, and they're all cooler than him in this film. Oh, I get it. Like it's unreal. Like it's such an old Hollywood sexy fun thriller. It blew my mind. It's but out it's, now. It's out now. It's great. And it's called what? It's a uh, Mission part, Impossible, Mission what? Impossible, uh, Dead Reckoning Part One. So there's going to be a Part Two as well. But uh, even if they never make Imagine Part Two, no one's ever incredible. skipped Part Two and just went to Three. Just jump it. Jump it. <laughs> just jump it. Just be like, was there it. ever a Hot Shots Part One? 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, there was Hot Shots and the Hot Shots Part Two. Yeah. Okay. However, there was a uh, there's a game. I don't know if anyone's this is a video because game I only thing. know Hot Shots Part Two. There's a there's a video game called Goat Simulator, which is a, yes, a, a total yes, nonsense game. Or it's very funny. And the sequel to Goat Simulator is Goat Simulator Three. That's <laughs> is it really? Which is beautiful. Just I love these guys. That was yeah. genius. Yeah, that was that's genius. that's correct. But yeah, if uh, if you like uh, the, the Tom Cruise and the women that are in this movie, uh, there's a uh, uh, what's her name from Dune plays the um, uh, Paul's mother and Rebecca Ferguson, um, and all like each one of them has a different chemistry with Cruise, and it's all incredibly fun, exciting, and sexy in an old school way that's not like sex oriented, but sort of like high intensity romance drama oriented, and it's like it's unbelievably fun. Oh, gotta check it out. Thrilling, Jason, but thrilling, traveling thrilling. Wilbur is volume three. There okay. you go. Pretty funny. There you go. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. It was interesting. I was, uh, yeah, I would, I've been getting back into, speaking of traveling Wilburys, I've been getting back into, uh, Nothler a lot more and, and sort of thinking back at some of the stuff. And I, I was l- listening a lot to, uh, Telegraph Road. Mm. Love that album. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, Ride I bought the that in Spain, dude. I had a little cassette of that thing. Yeah, that it's genius. And, and 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 that song is fourteen minutes long. And talk about a freaking epic story being told. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you know that song? It takes mind over money. Da, yeah. da, 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 da. that's Private Dancer. Uh, he wrote Private. private Dan- you're absolutely right. That's he wrote great. Private Dancer at the same time, and it I sounded know. too similar. Wait, wait, yeah. is that part of Telegraph Road, or was that making making movies? No, that was part of Telegraph Road. Oh, it was. Okay. And sorry, so then sorry. He's, yeah. he gave it to, what's her name? To, to, to Tina Turner. Tina Turner. That, um, the breakdown that you had sent out, the video with the woman who broke down, um, uh, uh, uh Brothers in Love. Brothers uh, in Arms. Uh, brothers in Arms, yeah. Uh, it really hung with me, not only because it's a great breakdown of a great song, but it, it's the first time I ever heard someone talk about why, uh, returning to the bass note of a scale is such a important thing to leverage in making people feel certain ways in songs. Yeah. I was like, that's so amazing. she does a breakdown of telegraph road Two. Mm-hmm. Did you post it? I haven't posted it. I can, sh- I can post it on our discord if you guys want. Oh, but, you just uh, sent it to Dan. No, no, it's not discord. It on discord, but, uh, but Did he post it on discord? because the it? song is 14 minutes long. It takes mm-hmm. her a lot. So the, the, her video of the breakdown of telegraph road takes like 40 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. Just so you know, because it's, it's, it's a, so, I mean, they, they did some epic songs, obviously, you know, Romeo and Juliet is also very famous. It's all that stuff, but Telegraph Road is like the story of an entire town over multiple centuries in a song with a lot of (laughs) guitar playing. That's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. And then the, the piano playing, it's also something that I didn't appreciate as much until I saw her breakdown of it. Like the piano is fabulous in that song as well. So. Definitely recommend it. Right. Uh, all right. Well, listen, thank you guys for letting me get through this. And yeah, thank you lovely. for letting me force you into. Um, it was a good call, though. I got to say. Oh, it's perfect double feature. Babylon singing in the rain, right? Yeah. And, I like uh, Babylon. I did. Despite yeah. my. I liked it. All, I watched it all again. of your arguments, both of you guys, all of your arguments against it are completely valid. Uh, uh, and I'm not sort of saying that you're right or wrong. I'm just saying that it was a, kind of a great experience in that way. So, so, um, um, and it just made me think about singing in a rain and thinking about that experience when I was 
going through art, you know, a film history class and that guy who was like, well, I don't understand why people bring in the song. And I was, I just wanted to grab that guy by the collar and just like, smack that him is, around. I swear half of, uh, film Twitter. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah, that guy's multiplied. It would consume me. Ugly. Ugly. But it's yeah, no, I, I mean, I still, I would say that for people that are listening, you probably have not seen Babylon. Uh, like Babylon will likely be a bumpy ride. But I think it is absolutely worth it to hang in. I like it, it is even a more visual by talking spectacle. About it. It's a visual spectacle, yeah. though. It, yeah, it's gorgeous the whole time. It's gorgeous, gorgeous. But it is a uh, it's it's a it's a it's a strange movie. And if you hang on, me. I think it's worthwhile. It, it mm-hmm. really it, it definitely. Now we we've, we've introduced strange movies before, like Bad Boy Bubby. It's not Bad Boy Bubby. It's, it's not, not like that. that. It's not like not that. like that. That's that's you got to be that. That's like e ticket ride. <laughs> yeah that's heavy duty sure that's heavy duty so this is definitely... not like that this is just different than what you may want right uh but it bright, is a story a about movie. hollywood and a story that i think he felt need to be said somehow mm-hmm. i agree i agree no that was that was, that was and all the references unique. you guys like you guys were picking up references that i was like all oh, right that's right you know boogie nights and this and oh it's all. great yeah it's great Oh, and by the way, in a totally positive note uh, about Barbie, I want to point out that there are so many excellent, very obscure uh, film references in Barbie that I was right. really, I was, I shouldn't be shocked as Greta Gerwig, but the one that I want someone to confirm for me is I think that the executive's office design is a weird reference to uh, El Topo. So, if anyone can confirm that, um, uh, the uh, Yodorowsky movie, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I want someone to look into that if they happen to catch it. I I was just like, wait a second, is that or or I'm not, I'm not, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Yodorowsky, uh, um, and Popo. No, it's uh, it's uh, not Alto. It's uh, hang on for a second, Yodorowsky, uh. Holy Mountain. Sorry. Holy Mountain. I swear to God, the wall design. It's like is, Chicago meets Cruise in baby. Is Holy Mountain. And I was just like, all right, I may have issues, but anyone who references Holy Mountain in the middle of their Barbie movie is a hero. Is this because <laughs> of the matte, the matte painting to have executives, executives, the executives wall. It's sort of like the colors and the sort of rainbow shape that they have looks they, very they similar to the thing in Holy Mountain. They wouldn't. Yeah, it was real. I was like, if I may be wrong, maybe, but them. but she is she is referencing a a bunch of really profound obscure shit. I was, I yeah, I love Greta Gerwig, and uh, I may have mixed feelings in that movie, but she is a hell of a filmmaker, and I really enjoyed that part. I'm just glad movies like that got made absolutely somehow, and they did not get completely destroyed because that could have been uh, Godzilla destroyed. Oh yeah, it could easily. Oh god, yeah, and I'm trying to say, oh god, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, That's like good. to 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 very quickly sum up my 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 disappointments are: I love Greta Gerwig so much, and she is such a powerful filmmaker that I was hoping for something even more, and I was let down by that. But I could be Godzilla bad, and you're absolutely right. If if she had not been at the helm, it would have been like, why did you fucking? It would have been do Trolls this? Three. Yeah, Trolls Three. <laughs> exactly. So that yes, Trolls film, one hundred percent looks terrible I, I couldn't believe how long the ad was i was like just, just shut stop up. <laughs> stop now i want to see that 
You're going to see it when you see Barbie. It's going to come up as a trailer. It's It's most of your time at the theater at Barbie. (laughs) It's it's painful to watch that trailer. I couldn't believe it. How long were the trailers? Oh, forever. 40 minutes. At least, yeah. It was was definitely over half an hour for sure. Couldn't believe how fucking long that was. That was awful. Absolutely. I don't remember a trailer that I was actually excited about when I watched it. That was the, uh, I think I've, I, I was just like, cause they're going to move. They're probably moving things like Dune 2 because of the strike. They're going to move it to 2024. That's right. Uh, so I was just like, we may have, the desert may have begun. We may have nothing. We may have nothing to look forward to for the whole year. Except for sand. So sand. that's you saying that's that's that right. it's not going to be resolved in a month. That's why I think it won't oh, be I don't think it's going to be like they're so far out of touch with each other that there's no way to be a miracle. Okay, we're done. Like no. Be a miracle. Each one of them is going to be angry and angry at each other. They're like there's like the the producers aren't <laughs> unless the producer says the producers say okay, we'll give up 25% of our salary to make sure I think they're going to bring in They're never going to say that. Uh, here's my prediction. I think they're going to bring in Barry Diller, who's going to be like a Lou Wasserman, and he's going to make all sides agree. I, I, I'd be, I'd be amazed. That would Let's be very it. optimistic. I think they have a better chance of bringing in Phyllis Diller, but yeah, I think you're right. That's Barry my, Diller yeah. is going to get in and act as a mediator between it's, all of them and try to make some happen. shit happen. Because the, the longer the longer it goes, the more uh, uh, enmity there is between the sides. That's right. It's not going to be resolved. It's going to be like Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom Hanks yeah. is going to have It's to going to be, be a special presentation on Netflix live. In his garage. <laughs> in his garage. Yeah. Exactly. Tom and Hanks these are the recyclables. And then here. Meeting with the actors. Please get back exactly. to work. It's a... Uh, <laughs> it, like signing... Like they're at a table signing things with Zendaya. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's the only way this is going to work out. Oscars 2024, that's what we look forward to. Maybe it's Brad Pitt. Maybe Brad Pitt will save Hollywood. But guys, uh, if please, it goes that please, way, Brad. some studios are really going to just disappear. Netflix will be in trouble. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm a radical anarchist, I, and I, I hope mean, the studios I know we're get going down. a little long, but I'm going to yeah. say it's, it's very interesting. I heard a very interesting dissection of all this things. Like, the whole freaking Hollywood system was turned around through streaming. We already mm-hmm. know about this, mm-hmm. right? But what really happened is Netflix said, we have all the money in the world. Yeah. And then suddenly they were giving a shit ton of money to random people to make crazy stuff like the sequence of Lord of the Rings or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were giving these people a hundred million dollars. Meghan Markle and her husband, the, they gave them a shit ton of money. Right. All of this stuff was happening. And they're like, oh shit. And then when Netflix did it and they realized everything's moving to streaming – all the studios started doing it, mm-hmm. at which point they and they thought Netflix has infinite amount of money. Turns out Netflix does not have infinite amount of money. Lemon. Netflix said, "Pump the brakes, buddy. We don't have infinite amount of money." At which point the whole studio is like, "Oh shit! We just changed our entire model That's to right. the we infinite amount of money, and we don't." I have never it. understood why Paramount got in the game. Well, That's whatever, bad. right? And yep. so. Everything no, was no got disrupted. No one was taking any money. They basically, the only way they were going to s- stop this fiasco from happening, stopping all residuals, because they thought they could get away with that bullshit, which they can't, right? Nope. 
And then that, that turned into a disaster. And now all of our contracts are up and they're like, no, we're not doing this. We can't do this shit anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a disaster. Here, by the way, I also heard the other thing is like all these contracts, their residuals are all supposed to go up by a big margin on the third season of a show, which is yeah. why Netflix cancels all cancels. these shows after yes. two are seasons. Are you serious? Yes. Yep. yes. Snip. That's it. Yeah, because they're not going to make enough money on it because the residuals are going up too high. Their profit margins go really low. And mm-hmm. so they're like, fuck it. Eject. Yep. So That's all that. these shows are That's not being canceled because dude. they're bad. They're not thinking of the people who want the material. They're just, nope. That's horrible. Nope. It's just, it's just imploding. It's just imploding. Right. This, it's like that's, that's what's crazy. Once shit. the cake starts to fall, man, get it. Get no, it out of here's the, the other thing. <laughs> so, so we put out a video as if you guys follow us very closely, as some of you do, we put out a video about as a reaction to the AI and how we need to react, et cetera, et cetera. And so I've been listening to a lot about it, especially on the technology side of things. And what we said is absolutely correct in a lot of ways in terms of how the creatives need to think about AI tools. However, that is not exactly the problem that the they're negotiating with right now. Mm-hmm. The problem that they're negotiating with is that the studio executives still want to use the writers to fix the AI shit that's mm-hmm. yeah, happening. Of There's no but way around it. The the writers get way more money if they came up with the story. So they're hoping that the AI comes up with the story, removes that part of the problem from to the writers, the money and then the they writers. just get pay yes. them $100 a day to fix AI's crap, Yep. right? So nope. they think, the executives think that the AI is going to come up with the story. It's going to be crap, but the writers will fix it, but we'll mm-hmm. pay them way less to fix it than for them to come up with a story to begin with. Yep. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no. Right? That's not going to work. That's not going to work. It's nope, not nope, going to nope. work, really. Right? Yep. So, um, I, heard I mean, it will that- work. It will work for Trolls 3, but no one's going to go see Trolls 3 anymore. That's a, though, this is what we bring to the video, is like, we have to you know, like depend upon the audience thinking when, when something sucks, they won't watch it. <laughs> like they're not going to like sure there's plenty of shit shows that are hits but largely speaking if something goes wrong they stop watching no it. one saw indiana jones 5 no yeah. one saw uh, uh 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 you know did you guys he- depend on people having some taste Go ahead, Eric. <laughs> Go ahead, Eric. did you hear that there is some deal uh that we're talking about with sag is that um extras who are working um can just work one day, but their likeness could be used as digital extras. Yes. They, yeah, so I saw yeah. that. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to, I quote, I brought this up and this came up in part of the conversation. What they're basically trying to do, and you're correct, is they're going to find a way to get the extras to volunteer to scan themselves, at which point they're going <gasps> to take the scans and then use them inf- indefinitely for That's right. digital That's extras. That's insane. Yep. Right? So, um, Let's talk about, I'm sorry, I was going real long, but I'm going to talk about this real quick. Let's talk about copyright. A lot of mm-hmm. people don't necessarily realize what copyright is. It's literally the right to copy something, right? You've made a book, you copied yep. the book, mm-hmm. you violated the copyright, yep. right? Or you memorized the book, you have something that looks like the book is like, ah, this is similar enough to the copy of the book, you right. violated the copyright. Very similar things. Now, the way I look, 
I can't copy that unless it's DNA, right? Right. So you can't actually copyright my look in that way. Mm -hmm. However, if I made a digital scan of myself, I could copyright that. Yes. Yeah. Right? So That's what all the actors you were saying are doing. Yes. So there's a company I've heard about uh, that's uh, that's, uh, working with uh, someone we all know very closely, which I'm not sure I'm at liberty to say out loud yet. But uh, but that company is uh, is making it very easy for people to get themselves scanned and then copyright their digital selves, so that if someone tries to make a digital version of themselves, they would be violating the copyright of that digital version. Mm-hmm. Which is a it's like the it's not a super duper high res. It's just enough to be matter. called a copy. It's of, enough yeah. to say that my digital likeness is worth. That's well, right. It could be high res. It doesn't matter, honestly speaking. Yeah, you just want to get it done, right? Like right. I can make a deep fake of myself and say that's a copyright. Well, and myself. what's going what's going to end up happening, right? Is that uh, that the studios are going to be interested in creating uh, personalities that are n- not actual people. Like you, know, you can go to uh, this is not a person dot com and generate Hedrum. a face. Say I'm just like and create like creating a face. Max Hedrum. right? Max Hedrum. It. and like yeah. like they're going to want to create a character that is a combination of this person's you know like this performance and this performance. A little bit of Chris, a little blood. bit of Eric, and the beard and of Dan. Copyright. This is a character, and then the character is acting in films. Like that's going to be the next step. Like, yeah, they they don't want to have to deal with people paying people. They don't have to deal with paying people. That's how it goes. They don't want to have to deal with pay. Like, yep. listen, I am sure the people who made this Seinfeld and Friends deal don't like the fact that every time that freaking episode pays, they have to pay a shit ton of money to a lot of people. Yep, that's right. Right? They're they're those guys are making money indefinitely. <laughs> so like this is like, and they don't want that, right? Right. There's a you famous can, story about the person who gets who's part of Orange is the New Black. She was in season three or whatever the hell it was, and mm-hmm. like that person apparently is like she was a major character, and they thought it was like oh this is a major actor, and apparently like still has to work at freaking Starbucks because they're making like twenty five dollars a year on Orange is the New Black. That's fucking insane. That's insane. And right? like the thing is, and this also quotes her video, but it's just like the thing is that all of this stuff, every aspect of it, is in your control like all of it like having to go through the studios to do any of this stuff makes no sense to me whatsoever anymore like yeah why, the why? they're just you're just involving middlemen for yeah. rights that, that they don't fucking do anything none of these people do anything well wasn't that sort of like i mean that i hate like the web three aspect of the big move that was happening a year ago was like, let's get rid of the middleman. That, that was the whole reason why people sure. want to do NFTs for movies, right? It's like, right. screw the middleman, right? Yeah. I don't know if that's going to work. Like, yeah, you but, know, people but, still go Chris, to AMC missing, and buy know, the popcorn and do the whole but thing, right? The technology behind uh, blockchain and, and Web3, once it gets democratized, like across, that is the technology that's going to work for the artist side. 100%. People are it going to retain will. their rights it and their work people and sell their this. Right now we're going through a crypto winter where people don't want to have sure. anything to do with blockchain. Right. And, it's been, and, it's and it, no, 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 no. You can't say that. I'm working with a company that every, every finance company, every company, if you, all you have to do is go online, are, are integrating into blockchain. 
So that's not true. Everybody is merging towards blockchain. Uh, Maybe they're not doing NFTs, but okay. blockchain and what's behind it is that's fair. 100%. That's, abs- that's absolutely right. fair, Eric. That's absolutely that's fair. That's just but, the technology behind it. I'm just saying it. about like, if I go to the AMC theater right now and I say, would you watch a movie through a blockchain NFT system? They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Give me my popcorn. I'll pay my $20 to AMC theater yeah, to sit right up my chair. The confusion is just to clarify. Yeah. As a creator, what Dan said, you know, you make it yourself, yeah. retaining those rights and, yes. and doing the distribution that way. That's the yeah. dream. That's the dream. Yeah, but that's getting rid of the, the agent or whatever like, Dan just said. Right. Like there, there's you, you like right now, like you do need people. Like it's like video games, like video games still need like publishers and stuff like this. That's right. Right. That there still needs to be a certain amount of middlemen to deliver to the very, you know, like to get the money together to, to deliver to the very high, uh, visibility, uh, things like, like theaters. Right. But the amount of middlemen in between a creator and the theater now is in the tens of thousands. And it's just insane. It's insane. Like none of that is needed whatsoever as most ever, like the chances of you, of any of us writing a screenplay that turns into mission impossible 10 are near zero. That's right. Right. So don't even go after that. Like make stuff yourself that gets its own following you put up on platforms that you can afford. It develops, it develops a a following itself. You get famous from that. Then the studios will come to you. And then you have the leverage. Or you make a graphic novel. Or you make but a graphic quickly, novel or whatever it is. I know Chris wants to cut this short, but I I have, I've uh, recently in the past four months been working with this company. I designed an interface for their trading platform. It's been really rewarding, really hard. But all I do is sit in meetings. They have designed a system that essentially for a certain trading platform, I've signed a lot of NDAs. Gets Don't rid say of anything like, other NDA. <laughs> no, no, no. It gets rid of so many middlemen. This and is what's, so many what's companies necessary. are in the, I'm just talking about the financial sector right. side are right. coming up with ways to get rid of blocks of people. Right. And that's the mentality everybody's in. So certainly Hollywood is being the same thing. Get oh, rid yeah. of yeah, those sure. steps. Yeah. It, what it would, and what their thing is, is if it took, you know, five things or steps in order to do a trade, they're going to do it in three. And if it was 50 cents on the dollar you would make, you make 93 cents on the dollar now. Right. Which is any investors like, I'm in. But the people who are blocking it are the people associated with the middle part. Right. Can I ask a question? There is an assumption that people have that people will eventually figure out a way to settle and they're going to go back to making another episode of, you know, Kirby Enthusiasm or Friends or whatever. Right. What if that doesn't happen? What if it never happens? A Kirby, I, another episode of Kirby or Enthusiasm or Dune or Star right. Wars or any, that, like they assume that eventually they're going to figure it out and they're going right. to go back to doing that. What if that doesn't happen? What, what do you if mean? They, if, the actors say we're never going back to Paramount, Warner Brothers. Good. Good. Netflix. Yeah. Good. Any of it. What if they say we're never going to do that again? You don't have but to. Let me do just it. tell like, you, there are a lot of, the people that lose their jobs or are working for Paramount um, will go ahead and, um, and do something, start a new company. Just a quick thing. When I, in 2020, when the pandemic hit, I was pitching something that I had written and I was at, I went to CAA and by June, you know, everybody was locked down and closed. 
Mm-hmm. The five people that were in my meeting, four had left and they all started. Two went to the same company. And so it's three new companies. They decided to go on their own. Right. Smaller and leaner and the way this they saw is what the future technology going. Empowers and I was you like, are you kidding me? Like out of that meeting, the five executives by June, and I did this in February, they were gone. They started their own companies. Right. So like this, so this is, they're doing that. Right. This is what technology empowers you to do right now. Right. And so like what, what my, my, my opinion is when I've talked to the actors or the writers or any of this stuff, like embrace the technology that's right in front of your face, get good at it and fuck these guys. Why are you going to them to ask them Fuck for the anything? Gatekeepers is my thing. Like you don't need to talk to them <laughs> for anything. Them you are the value. All That's they're going to make you do is do trolls for. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Fuck them. Like, but the truthful is, the ones that are it. left behind. By the way, at I'm going to just say CAA. In that meeting, I isolated like three guys who got my project so well and were so bright, and I was like, God, these guys are dynamic. They get. They're the ones that left. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say so, one. But just quickly. Yes. It's the morons that are left behind in the old power structure. And then the new one rises okay. up. I, I, yes. I'm going to say one last story because it's a great story, but I, I want to wrap it up. But it's just going to be a story about end? you and me, Eric. When I first met Eric 22 years ago, <laughs> I believe it was, uh, uh, we were working. I actually, I was working at Gensler, Right. And, uh, uh, and I was, uh, we had to make an animation for this, this bi- new building that was big. Hold on, hold on. Thing. Let me finish this. The same let fucking me, thing. Yeah. And we were working on this building and it was for 2000 Avenue to stars and it was a spec office building. We didn't know who the customer, who the client was going to be at the time, but it was going to be this very, very expensive office building that was going to be built. And, uh, 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 we, we decided it was like, okay, Gene Watanabe was the main designer behind it. He was over at Gensler. And we were like working on this thing, right? And so Eric, I hired him as someone who's like can do all this crazy animation stuff. And he did a fantastic job of helping me. It was, was really was the start of my friendship with Eric long, long, long time ago. That building is oh, the CAA headquarters. Mm-hmm. That building is also majorly featured in Barbie as yeah. the building where the patriarchy starts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Exactly. Yes. Rightly so. It is, a, so. it is a building of this is Hollywood. It's all about the patriarchy. Yes. And it is it's it is a theme to Barbie. I heard they're moving out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Huh? I heard they are CAA's... moving out, yes. But it was like it's because somebody it's too like, expensive to rent? I don't know what the problem is. But the point being is like you and I, our friendship started around – making animations of this building and somehow it became the symbolism of Hollywood. Also the symbolism of those meetings that you had, because it was mm-hmm. part of CAA and yep. the symbolism of Barbie, which is about what's fucking wrong with Hollywood. I can, I can totally tell you that taking a meeting at CAA, right? The experience is like going to first, like it's going to an airport when you go to the main lobby Right. And that, that glass, so much mm-hmm. refraction, so much refraction. Yeah. Right. And like the entire thing is designed to make you feel like a crumb. Like it's yes. made, it's, it's made to make you feel like, look at how powerful we are. You are worth nothing. We will mine your value and throw you You know out. what else when I'm there, it reminds me of is when I look out the window 
it reminds me of 9-11 because those buildings across were designed mm. by the same architect. Same architect. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. They're triangle right. so, versions of the Empire State And, and it was yeah. actually the preliminary yeah. test before doing the big yes, ones. Yes, it, yeah. it, it was the beta version of the Twin Towers. That's right. Yeah. And I see right. it and it just brings back like 9-11 because it looks yep. exactly the same. Yeah, I'm like, oh, is. God. It's the same one. And, you know, it's interesting because the reason that he makes those uh, windows so it's, narrow is because he actually had a fear of heights. So he didn't want to have oh. big wide windows and tiny little windows like this. Yeah, yeah. So he had <laughs> right. the windows narrow so he could feel like he could hold on. Right, Designer? right. Architect? I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. He's a Asian American guy, I think. I don't, I don't yeah. remember. Uh, but anyway, just tie it around like how, how you and I started and, and CAA and all that stuff. Like that was a big deal for me. And I still remember like when I think of anything that's done and there's a lot of movies that are shot in that lobby of the CAA. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot. But I remember you and I, Eric working on those renders before that building was done, trying to make that thing look good. And you created all those animations and those fly throughs and stuff. And so you and I worked on that for, for, you know, a few months and it was like a great experience and the start of a great friendships and, and, and eventually led to us sitting at right here. Talking, Talking about, about CAA. That's right. Yeah. So I thank you for that. How long did we go? I thank you. How long did we go tonight? Uh, longer than normal. Although uh, 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 Mr. Uh, uh, Thrawn did show up a few minutes late because I th- believe he was probably trying to finish watching Babylon. Before Babylon's we- a very long film. <laughs> That's you lied. I knew yeah, you I, were. I knew you were fucking cheating on this. I, I can't. I can't. You say, almost crushed it. You Okay, so like, it's not that I wasn't. I wasn't late because I was still watching Babylon. But oh, they, everything was like, pushed forward because Babylon was so long, and that made it a little more. And you saw that right. I kept calling you. Yes. No, and I you saw. Ignored it. me. I wasn't ignoring you. I was trying to plug in my shit so I could get online. <laughs> you should have at least told yep. me. No, I was, we, we thought I'm you not died. saying I didn't. We thought no. you died. I, I, I'm we not thought saying you I died. Didn't mess we up. were very concerned. What it's, happened? I'm just saying there was a very long movie. It, it's cancer. I, th- I think he <laughs> has cancer. cancer. He, he has he's cancer. dead. He got instant <laughs> cancer and died. That's what happened. <laughs> okay. He, he saw Oppenheimer and he's dead. <laughs> that makes sense. All right. Well, listen, guys, this is a good thing. I honestly, this, the, these two films are very, very, very martini giant films. So. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. Love, so, it. Good. love it. Great but, experience. Uh, we'll probably see if we can plug in an extra one, another one next week. We pro, it's, I know it's been a while since we've done a watch party, but we gotta replenish the coffers in terms of actual podcasts. So we'll see what we can do from here, but love glad it. you guys can enjoy it. Um, and, uh, I'm just gonna wrap it up. I know this has gone long, but are you guys ready? Yes. Drink. Hawk. Drink. <laughs> <laughs>